Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masses. And top of the morning to everybody, it is a new start to a new Saturday, a little different introduction here with you on a beautiful Saturday, late in the month of August, as we have started up and rolling in the great state of South Carolina, Friday night lights, the lights are on and nobody's home because they were spread out across this Palmetto State watching high school football in style last night. Everything is getting back to what we like to call normal. Kids are back in school. Boy, you know, it is an interesting concept. And I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time. You know, at the end of the year, the teachers cannot wait to put them in the car for the very last time, knowing that they've got the summer to live, to be free, to not worry about little Johnny and Susie and all those around. But isn't it Oh, so different coming on August when moms or dads are rolling up in the car line and they're shoving out Susie and Johnny and whoever else. Get out of the car. We're broke. We have no more food. You've eaten us out of house and home. Go over there. And the teachers, you can see, they're excited because they forgot that feeling that they get, uh, you know, at the end of the year. They've missed these little guys and girls. So, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal. Welcome back to Southern Sports Central on a beautiful, like I mentioned, already about 90 degrees here uh, in Somerville, just uh, due west of Charleston, here on the coastline of South Carolina. Uh, but it should be a good day today. Uh, I'm Richie Altman here. You can uh, hang out with me for the next three hours, for three power hours of sports radio. Today, it's going to be heavy on the high school front. Last week, it was college. This weekend, it is going to be high school. Why is that? Because, well, we've got the season up and running. We are at week zero in the books. I don't understand the week zero terminology. I think it's kind of a I don't know. Don't like it. I wish they would just go ahead and do week one and then add it towards the end of the year. Carry the one. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, but either way, week zero was in the books. There was a few upsets last night. Uh, we're going to get into that today. We've got a great, great, great group of guys that are going to hang out with me from uh, the 10 o'clock hour. We'll get in with Jarrell Hendricks. He is with Moving the Chains. Can't wait to hear from those guys. Uh, they actually were at uh, they were at Gray last night. Uh, they took a two-hour trip. Uh, and headed into uh, Columbia to uh, see the new field that Coach Holmes and the boys over at Gray uh, debuted last night. Won't give you much information on that. I'm going to let him kind of give you the bells and whistles there. But he'll also catch up on us around the teams from the Midlands and towards that Greenville area. Uh, Kevin Billadu in action. Uh, as he's uh, been away for about six weeks after uh, him and his wife brought in their beautiful little girl. So now he's got two boys and a girl. He's got the uh, – He's got the three there in the house with him along with mom. And uh, Kevin had to go back to work uh, last night. He traveled around, I think, uh, uh, Porter Gowd and a few other spots. Uh, as him and Summer did a show last night, did their normal uh, recap show last night. But uh, we'll get in with uh, Kevin, find out what happened here in the low country and maybe even down towards the Buford area, which there was an upset, in my opinion, uh, from the uh, 3A bracket of uh, the state championship. 
the, the Buford boys, uh, played Kane Bay. And uh, didn't go the boys Buford's way, but that's all right. You know, they got a great co- coach down there. In Buford, they'll regroup. It was a non-region game, so that's a lot of things we'll get into today as well. Uh, but Kevin, yep, he joins me at 11 o'clock uh, with Live 5 Sports talking about all the things that happen around the Lowcountry. Want to get into the Skeezer guys as well. This year, we're going to make sure that we give love to the First Baptist, to the Northwoods Academy, and to, of course, Pinewood. Um, Johnny Waters at Northwoods. Coach Birch is over there at First Baptist. And uh, Devontae Holloman, former Gamecock, former Dallas Cowboy, who has uh, also got a state championship ring at his former high school in the upstate up there as well. But he's down here at Pinewood. Uh, Going to get everything together over there. Uh, should be a fun season for those guys at Pinewood. Uh, 12 o'clock, Joe Hughes, good buddy of mine. Uh, back in the day when I went back to my hometown in Myrtle Beach and Surfside, ran into this guy named Joe Hughes, wrote for the Sun News, covered the uh, Saxony Braves, the Myrtle Beach Seahawks, North Myrtle Beach Chiefs, and Conway and all those guys, uh, but had a chance to get to know this guy, Joe, who is a five-star guy, on and off the field, on and off the camera, whatever it is, this guy does a great job. Big-time family man. Uh, but he's going to give me time at noon today, and he'll cover that Rock Hill area for me, as well as uh, we'll lean into the Myrtle Beach side of things as well. Uh, so it should be uh, a lot of fun to get all three guys in here. But uh, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to do what we did. And last night, by the way, Southern Sports Central put up uh, some conversation as we headed out to Berkeley County last night. And uh, Denny McDaniels welcomed us with open arms last night as they hosted Coach McCoy and the James Island uh, Trojans. Now, again, James Island, top seven team in the state in 4A. And a lot of polls, I think they're steady at number seven at two or three polls there. And it was great. You get into the very first quarter, you head out of the first quarter, we're knotted up at zero. Played the entire uh, quarter of football, not a point scored. But then James Island comes out in the second quarter found a way to get in the end zone. They've got some playmakers on the offense and a very impressive defense. I think defense was the story for me last night on James Island, uh, as you saw what they needed to do to handle business. But James Island scores first, 7 nothing. They go up. Here comes this quarterback, this young man from Stratford, sophomore quarterback, not mistaken, this kid has already got an offer to play baseball at Louisville. But he's a football guy. He's a dude. Everybody thinks he's just a pocket passer, but he was able to use those legs at one point, break loose about a 65 to 75 yard run towards uh, the woods away from the schoolhouse and towards the scoreboard. He went just shy of a touchdown, and then they found their way in as he did a quarterback keeper and got in from about the five yard line. Now, from that point, he went downhill for Stratford and kind of started to trend up for the boys of James Island as they ended up getting a huge break as a ball was snapped over the quarterback's head, went into the end zone. They get a safety, so that puts them at nine to seven. And then James Allen takes advantage of a kickoff and ran it all the way back for six. And, uh, again, it was continuing to be that climb. But James Allen wins on the road, 5A Stratford Knight, a 25-7 to victory. Great way for Coach McCoy as these guys, of course, will uh, get ready for stall. Which, oh, by the way, stall. We'll talk about them with Kevin. I didn't, again, I don't want to give away a lot of scores. I don't want to give a lot of things there. Uh, because there is a lot to get into as we kind of get through week zero. Now, if you were a Dorchester County guy last night, you were at Somerville. They had their low country. They had the Dorchester County showdown last night. That, of course, uh, includes Fort Dorchester, the Somerville Green Wave, Ashy Ridge, and Woodland. All four of those teams squared off last night. Somerville, uh, I want to think they went undefeated in their games. I know that Ashy Ridge – 
did knock down uh, the boys of Woodland uh, in the game that I was able to finally kind of get to at the very, very end as uh, I drove by and got in the stadium at the very end. I did see Somerville pulls out a 7-6 win against uh, Ford Dorchester. Of course, uh, Coach Josh is the new head coach over there. No Coach LaFrad. No LaFrad at all on the campus of the Patriots this year. Not in the softball fields, baseball fields. Nowhere. Football fields can't find them. Uh, but I do know that uh, Coach LaFrad was, from what I understand, in the house last night. Talking to some of his former players, giving them the fist bump. It's just probably letting them know, hey, guys, have a great season. Uh, but a lot to get into, lots to uncover as we get ready now for week one. Now, week one, everybody's playing. Everybody's got a schedule uh, that says it's time to go and it's time to get into it. And we'll do that uh, here today with a lot of these guys. And it's just good to finally get into it. It's good to finally get into what we see, what we know, and, and how things uh, go here in the state. Because all week long, all we've heard about, all we've gotten into is what? All we've heard was realignment. Well, I use the word realignment, but classifications, if you will, in high school. Because they want to see charter schools in a different area. They want to see them either in their own league. A lot of people think of their own league. I asked the can of worms. I'm not sure if you guys really want to open or not. We'll get through some of that today as well. Uh, of course, uh, also talking about uh, should we open up the line, basically the borders. Hey, if you can drive to school and you can have the attendance, stay out of trouble, and you got the grade, those four things, you click that box in all four categories, should you be allowed to go to whatever daggum school you want to? And, again, if you're in Myrtle Beach and you want to ride up and go play for, for Greenville, and that coach who, by the way, had a big night last night, then take off. It's your gas mileage and it's your time. Just don't be late. Just make the grades you got to make and just stay out of trouble. And on top of that, you got to go be an athlete. If you could do those things, then more power to you. I'm at that point where I think that's where we're going, but I also feel that that's where we got to be because kids are doing it anyways, and they've been doing it. I'm a kid of the 90s in high school, and I can tell you that even in the 90s, conversations were happening. Things were being talked about. You know, for me, if, if, you, if you look at it, if you look at it and you just go ahead and open up these opportunities, then that part of the conversation is dead. We go into what matters. Now, a great point was driven as we did, space, we, we did uh, the Twitter version of, of a chat room. I like to call it barbershop talk. And we had a slew of guys and girls in there. But one of the coaches stepped up and said, well, you know, it, it may be or may not be a great idea. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you, is at the end of the day, here's what I know. Here's what I know. We are struggling already. We are struggling already at getting teachers involved. So you imagine a, a place like Dutch Fork getting kids to drive everywhere from the state of South Carolina to come in and do what they do. My God, it would be it would be an interesting conversation. You know, I know that's not too far fetched though. So many things to get into today. If you would like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. If you were at a game last night and you say, hey, I want to get in here and talk about my team, my game, these guys are going for state. We're going to either uh, defend the state championship, repeat the state championship, or we're heading to the state championship. Call in and tell me about it. Tell me about your team. Who is uh, the team 
that you went out last night. Who did you pull for uh, here in the Palmetto State? What flag are you flying in your yard? As far as I'm concerned, uh, I'd love to hear anything and everything as the excitement is back in the air here in the great state of South Carolina. The number to call in to join us live today is easy. It's 515-602-9675. That is the easiest way to get in here with us as we uh, kind of look around and, and touch down on everything going on in high school football today. If you got a college conversation, guys, I will ent- entertain it. But we're about two, three weeks away. We've got one more show on a Saturday. Next Saturday is our final Saturday morning show. Then we head to the morning show. So you guys can listen to us at practices or your, your workouts or on your way into work, whatever it is, we'll get you there from 6 to 8. So you definitely want to be a part of that as well. Uh, but, again, follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. You got us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. And we're on the gram. We're hanging out at Southern Sports Central as well. Love to have you guys over there with us as we get ready for it. So we're going to take a break, guys. And when we come back, it's about that time. The red foot has been rolled out. The microphone is being set up. And coming up right out of break is going to be the one and only Jarrell Hendricks. He is with Moving the Chains. Him and the boys went over to Gray last night. We'll get the rundown and updowns and all the things that happened with those guys and kind of kind of figure out exactly what their thoughts are of week zero as we get ready for week one, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, the train is in motion. And coming up after this, we hit the guest room, and we will check in with Jarrell King, or Jarrell Hendricks, with Moving the Chains.
And now, back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful. Welcome back, everybody. Southern Sports Central. The train is rolling live here in hour number one, coming to you from the coastline of South Carolina, right here in Somerville, just a little west of Charleston. And without ado, without further ado, we bring in Jarrell Hendricks with us now from Moving the Chains. The boys are back, and they are back home after a wonderful night of Friday Night Lights around the state of South Carolina. But, Jarrell, welcome back, man. I got lots to cover, brothers. We're going to try to focus on the Midlands with you guys and the upstate of South Carolina tonight, but it was the Midlands where we could find you guys over at Gray. Yeah, we took the trip down 26 last night, went and saw a great collegiate play uh, Christ Church. We actually followed the Christ Church bus down there, uh, but it was a good game. Gray ended up winning at 49-21. Just so awesome. We talked about it last night on our Twitter spaces. So awesome to be out there on the turf, the grass. Uh, Marty Smith in that intro got me pumped up just thinking about it. Already ready for next week, but let's talk about what we did last last night. No doubt about it, man. It was, and again, just to be back out and about. I know you guys were there to see the opening, and, and let's stay with Coach Holmes. And all the attention that Coach Holmes has had this week, I mean, my God, how can you focus at a game that we know is Friday Night Lights is, is they were talked about, well, they need to be in their own league. And then he was like, well, I just want to stay in this league, but can I go to 3A because nobody wants to play me in 2A because there's these kids, that, these guys that want to forfeit the ball game. Of course, in the high school league, says, well, there's no penalty if you forfeit. And at the end of the day, I mean, if I'm Coach Holmes, I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. Don't play us. We'll just keep practicing and doing what we do, but we'll be the number one seed heading to the playoffs, and we'll be well-rested and less injured. I mean, it's a winner winner Think for me, if I'm Coach Holmes, but he's a competitor like we are, he wants to play football. And he made a good point when he said, well, you play me in all the other Olympic sports. Why don't you play me in this one? Great point. But last night the point was 
to lay the smack down, if you will, and I felt like against the Christchurch team that we've heard so much about from the upstate, well, really wasn't much of a David and it was more of a David and Goliath type of matchup as uh, Gray seems to have a little bit more power than I even thought they did coming into the year. Yeah, I think it was a situation with experience. Uh, Gray's got experience in those key positions, uh, brought back a talented backfield. Now, they did have to rotate quarterbacks. That's a situation where they lost Riley State and he ended up transferring to Gaffney. Um, he'd been a two-year starter for them at Gray Collegiate. Uh, but they rotated guys, but they didn't really didn't miss a beat. Uh, they're so athletic, uh, very physical on both sides of the ball on the, on the lines, and that's really where the game was won on the trenches. You'll hear that so often in football. But that's where the difference was. Christchurch breaking in a new quarterback, uh, made some made some poor decisions down the stretch that really took away. They had opportunities in that game to stay in it, uh, but Gray just took care of business. Like you said, Coach Holmes had a lot going on this week, but he's one of the best in the business. He's also the athletic director there, um, so he's not just focusing on football. He focuses on that entire Gray program. Um, and, yeah, he had his boys ready to play. They came out, played a pretty clean game. Um, I, I think they had one turnover. Uh, but they just continued to play good football, won that game in the trenches, set the tone. But they got a colossal task next week against Crestwood. Christchurch is a team, though, that you're going to continually hear. They're going to grow up. They're going to get that experience in those key positions. Just kind of got physically beaten that game. Uh, but they still, their stud running back, Deshaun Reeder, he had a great game. They just got to figure some things out. But these are two teams and two coaches. These are two state championship winning head coaches. Um that have really good programs, and they're going to continue to play well as the season progresses. How good was that field, man? I know that they've worked so hard. We've watched the pitchers. It's almost like watching uh, this huge moment, and it all came to, to, to tuition when they kicked the ball and started rolling that clock, man. But how nice was that field? I've actually, when I was at Oceanside a couple of years ago under Coach Call, we were over there, and we went to the old field, right? Again, I'm a grass kind of guy. I don't mind the turf, but I really like the smell of the grass and the, the, the things that it brings uh, in Friday Night Lights. But that field, I mean, it, it, it looked pretty good for the pitchers, man. What was the, the complex like with having the new turf down and everything set up? Yeah, it, it looks really good. It, it, if they are going to play up, it's going to be a situation where they did build a stadium that would be able to, you know, accommodate those larger crowds. Um, it's a work in progress with all their athletic programs. Um, they're still trying to figure out what they want to do, and it looks like they're taking their time to do it. Um, but the stadium looks good. looks like they did not rush it. I'm like you, Richie, man. I'm a, I'm a grass guy. I like to feel, smell, you know, the turf, but I know it's more cost-effective. A lot of the schools are switching over to the turf, you know, not just for football, soccer, starting to play lacrosse and things like that. Uh, but it looks good. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dub it the, the house that Casey Adams built. Uh, kids ran for 3,000 yards a couple years ago. Uh, but everything looked good. Um, it was really, really exciting to be there. Really like Gray. They've, they've always taken care of us. And it's a big step up. Those guys have been playing at other people's stadiums, playing at rec fields, um, hosting their home games. So I know they were really excited for that night. They celebrated 10-year anniversary of their program, um, and they kicked it off with the dub. Good stuff. Hanging out with the one and only Jarrell Hendricks and moving the chains. The boys last night out on the road handed uh, their first opportunity uh, to not only check out the new stadium over at Great Collegiate, uh, we're able to watch what Coach Holmes does and does best and puts up the win to start the season. 
Uh, before we move out of the stadium, man, uh, what was on the menu last night? Now, I know that's kind of your thing, got to eat type of thing. Uh, what, did we, what did we try last night? What is the one thing that when I get to that stadium maybe this year that I got to order uh, in between uh, well, during halftime? So with their facilities, they didn't have a full-blown concession stand yet, uh, but they, they were able to, to accommodate us. So yesterday we went, you know, got to get the chili dog. That's always number one. Uh, Kevin, Kevin will be edited up. We'll, we'll throw a review on, on the hot dogs there. Solid hot dogs, so check that out on our, our socials there. You know, grab some chips. Always got to get some candy as well. Got to get some juice. And uh, I got I got this weird um, superstition: blue Gatorade. Always get a blue Gatorade. They're always available at all these stadiums around the around the state. So that's usually on the on the menu for me. But uh, they did it right, even though they're they're still a work in progress getting everything set up. First game, uh, but everything was really good. Good prices too. That's always a big thing. Oh yeah, definitely good prices. Let's stay in Columbia Airport. Got a new coach over there. Uh, Shane Fiddler, also the athletic director. This is kind of some things we don't normally hear around the state. They've kind of separated the two positions, definitely here in the low country. But Airport wins, I believe, on the road. They had went over there to Swansea and beat the Tigers 36-2. to Great way to start and uh, couldn't ask for a better way to uh, introduce himself as Coach Fiddler wins uh, on the road. Uh, what's your thoughts of, of, of Coach Fiddler and the Airport, those guys over there? I mean, the Eagles flew pretty high last night, but do they have enough to maintain that in a very tough region. Yeah, they looked really good last night. Like you said, I think they won 33-2, to 36-2, um, handled business. I know Coach Fiddler uh, probably, I don't think they'll have the results this season that they're looking for. You know, they've been in transition. I think Coach Fiddler is their third coach in three years. Um, had a lot of transition for that kid. We talked to him in the off season. It's a situation where he's trying to set up roots and, and develop a program there and not just a team. Um, so it's a great way to kick off his tenure. I know he's coming from your neck of the woods, going up to airport, um, and talking with him, you know, he's utilizing all of the resources available at airport, at airport, that district, they do a good job in making sure that those athletic programs have the things they need. I think they have an indoor practice facility and all that good stuff. So it's good to see him get a win, kick that thing off. Don't know how the season's going to go. I know he, he explained he's got a little youth there. Again, that's a team that's been in transition, run three different systems in three years. Um, so we'll see how it goes as they progress. Uh, but I think they will be successful. Don't know how they'll hold up. You know, it's always for these programs trying to get into the playoffs, you know, win a couple of region games, make it into the playoffs, then anything can happen at that point. We stay in Columbia. There's a handful of games that happened last night in Columbia that I want to try to get my eyes on. One was Irmo. Now, back in the 90s, uh, Jarrell, Irmo, these boys were good, man. It was a huge rival between Irmo and, and Somerville. But Irmo taking down Chapman, the Eagles there, the Yellow Jackets went 49-3. to Great way to start. Do we feel pretty good that maybe Irmo is a team that we haven't really mentioned much on our show? Not sure how much you guys have mentioned it, but could this be a team that kind of slid under the radar and might have something to talk about in postseason? Yeah, this is a this is a very good team. Uh, you know, they they they've looked good the last couple of years. We actually saw them play a cup a playoff game in York a few years ago. Last year, they kind of had to reload from that team. They've got a really talented young quarterback in AJ Brand. I think he's a junior this year. They also welcomed a transfer from Gilbert High. His name's Jaden Allen Hendricks. Um, he's a big kid, plays on both sides of the ball, but primarily plays running back. 
They had a two-headed monster at Gilbert last year. He goes over there. Uh, they were able to get it done. They're pretty stout defensively, as you can see. They, they held shape in the three points. But Irmo's a team, you know, that's kind of sneaky um, in 4A. We've talked about it last night. You know, 4A is, is very, very competitive. There are a lot of good teams in there. Are they state championship caliber? That's yet to be determined. But I think it's a team that we should definitely keep our eyes on. Yeah, you're right, and we agree with you guys over there. 4A is probably the hottest classification in the state of South Carolina. I mean, we see the top ten, and it is a very impressive top ten, but I honestly think that anybody in the top ten can really compete for a, a state championship. As, you know, I was over at, watching the 4A uh, James Island Trojans uh, take out a 5A team, and, and that kind of was a theme last night. There was some upsets from 4A beating down some 5A guys yesterday. Uh, but before we talk about that, one game that, that really I wanted to see how Ridgeview was going to come out. Remember, this team feels kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. No respect as they were knocked out of the playoffs before they got to the playoffs. And uh, these guys, the Blazers, looking to leave a little mark and a bad taste in a few mouths as they go from stadium to stadium. And it was a shootout for a little while as Ridgeview pulls away 32-21 against a Blythewood team. And, again, these kids know one another. What's your thoughts on Ridgeview? This is a team that, remember, a couple of years ago, they were talking about winning state championships, and it feels like they've got their guy back home where he went to high school coaching this team. But it also seems like everybody's bought into what he needs for them to win this year. Yeah, the Blazers are one of those teams that we had a lot of question marks about, too, going into the season, just because the amount of offensive talent that they lost from last year's roster – um, they had three wide receivers go play D1 football and a tight end go play D1 football. Um, lost their quarterback, Donald Tomlin. Um, much to talk about him in the offseason, part of that ruling with the high school league. Um, just really heartbreaking for those kids because they had a fantastic season. Um, they ended up losing the region championship last year to AC Flora, um, who was one of the better teams in the state in 4A. Uh, but it looks like they've, they've got their mojo. Uh, but they, they were able to knock off Blythewood. That's a really good Blythewood team who has, you know, some very key starters that came back. They've had some turmoil, too, in the offseason um, with a new head coach there, had a situation with them. Uh, but their quarterback at, at Blythewood is Harrison Collins. He's a very solid player. I think he threw for the three touchdowns last night. Uh, they have a defensive lineman. I cannot think of his name right now. He had 25 sacks last year, Richie. So that's a really good Blythewood Bengals team. Rivalry game, very high charge. But for them to come out and win that game, you know, by double digits, um, shows how good that Ridgeview is. I saw the interview with, with Lou after the game with the head coach stating, you know, we're wide receiver, you know, high school. Not wide receiver you, but wide receiver high school. They just reload. They had a couple of young guys step in, make some plays, took care of business. Um, again, I think Ridgeview's one of the – because they lost so much, it's going to be a team that's going to be building throughout the season – We'll see how good they really are as these weeks start stacking up. Hanging out with Jarrell Hendricks. He's one of the guys over at Moving the Chains doing a phenomenal job getting us up to date and covered up in all things Friday Night Lights and more from the Midlands to the upstate towards the Greenville area. We'll stay there in the capital city as Spring Valley uh, does not uh, able to get anything kind of going. They lose 27-7 against Westwood. Out of Blythewood, another team here that we talk about. What, what's your thoughts on on Westwood, though? Because they're a team in, that, that doesn't get a lot of recognition. They don't get a lot of conversation, but they will get the respect by beating teams like a Spring Valley and, and doing it in style. Yeah, Westwood had a tough go of it last year, so it's it's kind of good to see. This is the second year under their head coach, Robert O'Connell. Uh, 
that's been a program that's kind of been a springboard for some of the other coaches in this state um, the last, you know, 10 years or so. Uh, but it's good to see Coach O'Connell get his guys playing well. Um, that's a team that we really haven't focused much this offseason just because of their struggles last year. And, again, like a lot of – it's a common theme. They lost a lot of their key pieces, so they're rolling in some younger guys there. Um, for them to get a dominant defensive performance against Spring Valley was awesome winning that game 27-7. to uh, But I think Spring Valley is a situation where I think that game's more telling of Spring Valley. It's going to be a bigger rebuild. I hate to use that term because it's been such a premier program in this state for so long. Uh, but I think it's a situation with Coach Pearson coming in from North Carolina. Coach Bacon heading out. They didn't have the season they wanted to last year. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get his legs under him and get that thing rolling the way that it used to. Uh, but that was a surprising score to see. Um, happy for Coach O'Connell and those kids. I know they had a rough go of it last year. And uh, hopefully it's time for things to come for, for that program. Now you get a West Florence team coming out of that Florence County area. They travel into Lexington. Now Lexington – not in the top ten, right at number ten in the coach in the media poll is West Florence, but it's all Lexington, and of course there's Wildcats taking care of the Knights, seventeen to seven. Lexington's the team that I heard last night at our game that people said, "Look, they're not talking about these Wildcats, but I'm telling you, this is the team you better watch out for." Are you surprised on a seventeen to seven kind of a one-sided win there for Lexington? I, I'm not surprised by that score at all. And these are two really good, another good 4A team in West Florence that we're going to be talking about the entire season. Lexington, uh, that is a great program. Coach Perry Woolbright, you know, has done a phenomenal job there the last few years. He moves on to Clover. But they bring in Dustin Curtis, who, who comes from Dorman um, at, at Lexington. And that Wildcats program, they have some really, really good players, especially as you saw on that defensive side of the football, uh, mainly in Christian Sexton. Uh, they play a, a hard-nosed style of, of football. Coach Curtis loves to smash the football. They've got a really good quarterback in Cade Mines, um, who's a dual-threat guy. So not really surprised to see the Wildcats take care of business there at home against West Florence. Um, and that would have been a fun football game to be at. Only 24 points total. You know, both of those guys, Coach Jitterett does a fantastic job at West Florence. Uh, they're a phenomenal football team. We're not there's no indication on them. They are they are very good. Uh, but I was not surprised at all to answer your question to see Lexington win that football game. And that's why we love these games on Friday nights. I mean, you, you, you go in and we have an opinion. We watch some things. I mean, I, I'm not a big film guy. I'm going to kind of have conversations with a couple coaches. I'll talk to a few players and, and kind of go through it that way, uh, Jarrell. But, but for me, to see the games be played out the way that they're played out. Now, Abbeville, 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 the big A. <laughs> 65 to 12 against McCormick. And again, I'll, I, I get that Abbey is not a charter school, but I would love, and I challenge whoever writes the schedule for Abbeville, do us a favor, all of us in media. Next year, play nothing but 5A teams in your non region game. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you. I would just like to see are they what I think they are, right? Are they able? I think they can compete with 4A teams, but I want to see them play against an Irmo. I want to see them play against. Ah, oh, man, Gaffney. Go play Dutch Fork. Could you imagine the stadium would be packed out in Columbia against Dutch Fork and Abbeville? They may have to put those in williams Bryce Stadium because those fans are both travel very well. But Abbeville wins in fashion. I mean, again, not surprised to me, uh, but they win 65-12. to 12. I mean, they're kind of in the league of their own in 2A. 
Yeah, like you just trying to you, you kind of figure it out, Richie. It's like Abbeville, you know, everyone's heard the name because of the football program, but I bet most people couldn't point it out on the map. But these guys just <laughs> continually roll out talent. It's 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 unbelievable to see how good they are. Coach Nichols, one of the best in the business there. Um, just take care of McCormick, you know, just an easy game. I think they're up 49 at, at halftime. Uh, but, yeah, I would like to see them. I think that's more of like a rivalry game. McCormick's kind of in that area. So maybe you got some old-school rivalries going on there. That's why that game is being played. Uh, but I would love to see these guys continually in the non-region play up because they're so good. Uh, we've seen them play a few times over the last couple of years. Man, they just – they're so physical. They've always just got dudes, man. They've got athletes everywhere. Um, now they they got Jay Hill, Demarcus Veach. You're going to be hearing from him in the next few years. He's going to be a D1 guy. Um, you know, he's going to be a Power 5 guy, you know, playing at Abbeville. He's like 6'3", 200, only a junior or, or a sophomore. You know, they just continually roll out these studs. They, they're they one of those teams. That's a program. It's a community. They play for the names on the front of the jerseys, not on the back. Um, they just continually get it done. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I'd love to see them play up in competition because their fans are as passionate as anybody, and they will, uh, they'll definitely travel. And we kind of wrap it up in the Columbia area, and we'll start hitting that road, I-26, towards uh, the Greenville area after this one. Salute to the Tigers. Won a state championship back, and I think it was somewhere around uh, 2020, 2021, somewhere in that era, maybe 2019, actually. Uh, but they may or may not be back. What do we know about them? 42-10, to 10, they went against Mid-Carolina. They knocked down the Rebels over there in Prosperity, South Carolina. Saluda, the Tigers, seem to have some things going. Again, it's early. It's week zero. But that's a pretty good spread and a pretty good impression uh, on week, uh, or week zero for us. Yeah, I don't think we learned much about Saluda this first week um, just because of the level of competition that they, they were playing. Um, but that's a team that, you know, they they lost a ton. I think they want, they have like 30-plus seniors on that team. And, you know, that's a team in Saluda. They might have 50 guys that dress out varsity. Um, so they had a lot to replace, including their all-everything Tyleek Mathis. Um, but I think their quarterback did come back this year. Um, so that's always good when you get your signal caller back. I don't think we learned too much about Saluda. Uh, but they, they play some really – they play in a difficult region in 2A. Um, so they'll have some competition over the next few weeks um, to see how good they are. They'll have to play Strom Thurmond down the road. Um, they'll have to play that Silver Bluff team that had a big win last night down the road in their region. Uh, but I don't think we learned too much. Uh, but the Saluda Tigers, awesome. Another football community. They did win that state championship in 2019. Uh, but I don't know how much we learned, but we'll figure it out in the next few weeks. That we will. Headwind up to a game that I would have liked to seen in person. AC Floor travels to uh, Greenwood. Now, again, AC Floor got a pretty good staff over there. Greenwood, boy, that G just means a little more in Greenwood, South Carolina, but it was all Greenwood at the end, 24-23. And, and I got to tell you, I'm sure that stadium was rocking end-to-end and, and zone-to-zone. What do you think about this game with Greenwood? I know that's a little bit up there where you guys live at. Does Greenwood seem to be the other G that you're going to see on some hell other than Greenville? Richie, this is another shocker, man. Was not expecting this game you know, based off of what we saw last season, you know, that's the beauty of these week zero games. It's a whole new slate for everybody. And uh, that was a shocking score to see that AC floor fell to Greenwood. Greenwood was a bit heavy by the injury bug last year. Uh, you know, that is one of those premier programs in the state. We did not expect, I think they, they limped into the playoffs, barely made the playoffs. Um, it, it just had a rough go of it. Whereas AC Flora, 
you know, they mashed everybody they play. They went, they had a, they had a perfect regular season last year uh, behind Markel Townsend and those guys. Um, they lose those guys. Second year coach Ken Floyd, what can he do? You know, he kind of stepped into a great situation with Coach Curtis leaving that program. You know, now it's his time to figure it out. And, uh, you know, I was really shocked by that score. Greenwood, some of the best facilities in the state. Uh, I have not been there yet. Kevin and John have multiple times. You know, they got press boxes. They got suites at J.W. Babb Stadium there. Uh, But that's a program and community that, you know, live, drink, eat football. Uh, Good to see them. It's good for the state when they're playing well. But I was shocked by that score. I was not expecting the Falcons to fall to Greenwood last night. We head over to Southside Christian, another school that hits the headlines with or without the season happening, but they go outside the state now. They travel over to Georgia against Commerce. They lose a close one, 21-19. But I think Southside's going to come out of this thing realizing a few things, and, and even though in a loss, I think you learn more in a loss than you do a win, as you and I both know playing sports. But this is something that I still thought that kind of caught me off a little bit. I hear Commerce is pretty good, but I know Southside Christian – is a is basically always a reloading team more than ever a rebuilding team. What are your thoughts on Southside Christian taking their loss in week zero? Yeah, I agree. They're they're more of a reloading team there. Um, the Sabers are going to be be a part of the mix throughout the season. Coach Sonneborg does a fantastic job with them. Um, that's a game they played Commerce last year, and they had a lot of hype. I mean, I think they were preseason number one coming into the season, and uh, they got they got beat pretty bad when they played Commerce last season. Um, so that for that score to be a lot closer than it was this this year um, may be an indication of how good they are, or you know maybe Commerce took a step back, but um, not really sure what happened. It's a close contest. They play, I think they play like two or three out of state teams over the next few weeks in their non-region schedule before they get into region play. They play in a difficult region up here in 1A. Um, they have St. Joe's, and then they play Christchurch as well. So we'll see how good they are. That's usually a slugfest. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to gauge with these out-of-state matchups, you know, how good the performance was or how bad the performance was. Um, but you do like to see these teams competing. Yeah, a lot of competition last night around the state of South Carolina. Friday night lights and full-fledged. Week zero is behind us. We head to week one. Again, I'm not a fan of the number game here. But either way, I am a fan of Jarrell Hendricks and the boys are moving the chains. Yeah, Jarrell, I just I don't understand why they do that. That To me, I get it's on the number wheel, whatever. But I just feel like, can, can we just go ahead and call it week one and, and, and move forward uh, when it comes down to it? But uh, either way, we'll continue to move forward. Now, when you look around some of the other games that happened last night, and, of course, Daniel. Daniel's a team that has had high moments and had low moments. Is this a Daniel team that you feel like they're going to make some noise heading into postseason as they start to pick up a big win last night uh, on, on their game. Yeah, and I, that's again, that's a program there. Daniel, more more like a machine than anything else. Coach Brewster does a fantastic job. Uh, this is a, a program I think they've lost like six games the last six years, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost played for another state championship last year. There were two-point conversion stop from playing in the state championship against Powersville last year. Uh, they were able to flex their muscle late against Greer. This is a team, they're breaking in a lot of new guys. They have lost a lot the past two seasons. Um, I know people make jokes about it. They got, they're got they fulfilling the, the walk-in portion of, of Clemson's roster at Daniel High uh, for the most part. But uh, but uh, Daniel Daniel's a very good program. Those guys love ball. They're hard to judge, though, because they don't play in the most difficult region up here. 
we don't really see them play top-level competition until they get into that second, third round of the playoffs um, just because of their region and where they are. Uh, but they, they schedule pretty aggressive non-region. Good to see them beat Greer, um, take care of that business there to, to let us know. Much like Ridgeview and some of these other teams, they had a lot of question marks coming into the year. Um, so them, for them to put on another performance is not surprising. Um, we just don't know what they have, but we'll definitely see it in the next few weeks. And another killer here, you look at 4A. 4A, again, we talked about it. These guys are very deep. And one of the teams at the very top is Coach Porter and those boys over there with the Greenville Red Raiders. As they went in and uh, were brought in, I believe it was Dorman uh, that came in there, yep. and it was all Greenville 34-21. And, you know, back in the day, they used to call Dorman U. It looked like a university coming off the yeah. interstate when you look over to that right side heading into Greenville. But – Greenville handled business last night. Coach Porter seems to have what he needs to have. They they went toe-to-toe against Dutch Fork in a scrimmage. They've done some other things, but last night when it counts, at least for the record book, Greenville wins 34-21. Is Dorman as good as we thought they were in the rankings, or is Greenville really, 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 really good and sitting at number one for a reason and easily can compete in 5A without a problem? Yeah, that's that's the thing for me. I, I think Greenville is accurately ranked. I think they're, you know, top three in that 4A classification. Uh, that's a very talented team. These guys have been on knocking on the doorstep of that state championship game the last few years. Just uber talented. You know, Mazio Bennett, Blake Franks, you know, a bunch of these guys going to Carolina. Coach Porter, one of the best, won a state championship at Hillcrest. Uh, I think Greenville is going to compete for that state championship in 4A. Dorman, I don't think they're as good as we, we thought they were initially. Um, got some question marks at the quarterback position. I know they were rotating last night. Go of it for first-year coach Jake Morris there. Um, that's another program. You don't think about Dorman. Dorman University, third head coach in three years for them. A lot of turnover, you know, a lot of competition in that, that area, that Spartanburg region. Um, going to see what they're going to be made of this year, but I think they take a step back. But I think the Red Raiders are for real. And the final score that we'll kind of talk a little bit about here is, of course, uh, the Yellow Jackets of Hannah taking down Boiling Springs and the Bulldogs. 34-26, the final there. Uh, what do we think, uh, what do we see there? And, and does it look like Hannah's a team, again, uh, we've heard about them. They've made a lot of noise. But could they compete and, and be competitive in their classification this year? They're accurately named with their mascot, Richie. Man, the Yellow Jackets are kind of just lay in the weeds a little bit. And then they come sting you, you know, in a bunch of different ways. You know, they run that flex bone with Coach Tone. Uh, that's a team where they just roll in guys. Like, no names, no stars, no studs. They just get it done. They get after it on defense. They run that that, tr- untr- that old school offense in uh, something that they don't see a lot. And they do it at a very, very, very high level. Um, and then when you go to Bowling Springs, you know, this is Coach Matt Real. He comes up, you know, from North Myrtle Beach. This is his second year with that Bowling Springs program. I was impressed with that scoreline being tighter. Um, you know, it shows the progress that he's made over there at Bowling Springs. That's a tough region he plays in, region two, with the Gaffneys, Dorman, Spartanburg, Burns. So to see that marked improvement against a good team like T.L. Hanna is showing an upward trajectory for the, for the Bowling Springs program. But, uh, you know, T.L. Hanna, that's just one of those things we won't talk about them much, but they'll be there at the end, like always. They are home of radio, you guys who may or may not remember. Uh, 
a very famous icon and a, an amazing man that uh, left his mark on the world and those who crossed his path. Uh, Burns, I believe, uh, am I right? They play today. Uh, their team in the top five in 5A football. Uh, didn't hear their name, but I believe they're part of one of those big matchups that we're going to see today on some Saturday showdowns, high school football style. Uh, tell us about Burns, man. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard much of them since the Marcus Lattimore days. Let's just be honest with you. The Willie Korn days. Uh, yeah. Is this the team that we're going to see back in the headlines? They've got them in the top five in two different polls. So the media and a lot of those around feel that they're pretty good this year. Yeah, this is definitely a team that's, that's going to be in the mix. Uh, Rebels, you know, one of the, the great programs, like you said, they had that legacy back in the, you know, early 2000s, um, you know, where they really started gaining steam nationally. Uh, but it's a good team under Coach Reggie Shaw there. Uh, they got talent all over the place. It's going to be the quarterback position that makes the difference for them this season. Uh, they're going to be breaking in a new guy there. But they've got talent when it comes to, you know, you got names like Bomar, Weaver, uh, Livingston's. you got two Livingston's, Cook. Uh, they've got playmakers all over the place. Uh, they, they're, they're very good up front. They like to, to push you around. And then they go kind of air raid as well, you know, kind of like that, that smash mouth air raid type system. Uh, but it's a really good program. They're pretty prolific in the pass game. Uh, they're they're going to be a physical football team. But the Rebels are definitely going to be in the mix. They play Huff tonight. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge for them. Huff is a really good program out of North Carolina in that Charlotte area. Um, typically have, you know, two, three, five guys that go D1 within that program. Huff's actually going to be playing Dutch Fork in about two weeks as well. Um, so they're going to have two, round, two, two rounds against South Carolina talent. Uh, but Burns, the Rebels, will definitely be in that mix. Hanging out, wrapping it up here with Jarrell Hendricks, moving the chains. These guys do it and do it well, uh, not just on Friday. It's a full-fledged 24-7, 365 shop that starts on a Sunday and doesn't end to the following Sunday, and then they just reset it and do it all over again. They roll it back, if you will. That being said, Jarrell, what's, what else is going on when it comes down to we got week zero almost in the book. We got a couple of games today that we'll keep an eye on from a distance, but tell me your thoughts, man. How was Friday night? Uh, we're getting back to what we like to call normal a little again. It didn't rain where I was, and it wasn't quite as hot as it could have been, and we had the bands in the stands. I mean, things seem to be pretty daggum good. Uh, on the first Friday night in football. Yeah, I mean, it was a typical week zero, week one, so whatever you want to call it, to where, you know, you, you go into the off season, you're, you're going off of last year, you're thinking certain teams are going to do one thing and, and certain teams are going to do another, and you have those surprises. You have those upsets. You look at those scores and be like, man, that was kind of chaotic, but that's actually, you know, these coaches have been with these teams all year and they know what they've got. Uh, we're just, it's just our first time really seeing it in live action, full games, you know, got a taste of it with jamborees and scrimmages and all that. Uh, but you're always shocked when you, when you go through the, the scores those first couple of weeks, you start seeing, you know, the cream rises to the top, you know, weeks three and four. Uh, but like you were saying, Richie, man, it's so good to be on the grass, so good to, to be out of talking season and actually like witnessing these games, these coaches, these players, you know, get it done on the field, these communities coming together and uh, just really excited I think week one we'll have everybody playing for the most part, maybe a couple buys. Uh, I think we had about 75% of the games in week zero. Uh, but so excited for next Friday to see the entire slate, everybody in the state playing ball. Now, you guys do a great job. I know tomorrow night you guys are going to do uh, a recap. You'll be able to debut your, uh, your, your the suit of choice, if you will, if you head over to Greg, <laughs> uh, you want to uh, watch and listen to these guys. They do a great job. We support them. We, of course, have uh, – 
partnered up with these guys to cover and smother the state of South Carolina from the upstate here to the lower state of South Carolina. Now that all being behind us, now where do you guys go next Friday night? Have you guys uh, at least put the GPS finder in the car yet, or we're trying to look over some uh, some schedules? Yeah, we're trying to we kind of like these next couple of days. We'll go through the scores, kind of look at matchups. We also like to look at venues, like see where these guys are playing. Maybe somewhere we haven't been that we want to go. Uh, you know, maybe teams, especially these non-region, might be two teams that we're not going to be able to see. You know, so that kind of dictates our game early um, in the season. But we usually make that decision around Tuesday, Wednesday, where we actually decide to go. Uh, but it's way too early to make a decision and let you know where we're going to be. Uh, just be prepared. We could be showing up in your hometown. Should be a lot of fun, man. Other than that, before we get you out of here, man, uh, what, what else is happening, man? What, what, what else has been kind of been on y'all's thing? I know y'all have done a great job. And, by the way, you know, back in COVID season, they wouldn't allow Southern Sports Center or anybody else in the buildings. They wouldn't allow us anywhere. And we did these virtual tours where we actually sounded like the bus was pulling up to the parking lot and coaches would come on. And I got to be honest with you, that was one of the most, that was one of the most intriguing parts of, of the founding times of Southern Sports Central was getting coaches down out of their element on their couches with whatever beverage they had in their hand. And, and just maybe kids were running around a lot of times. I was like, coach, don't worry about it, man. This is what we do. Let's do audibles here. Uh, but to have these guys on, you get to know them outside of the headgear, outside of the football field. How, how much have you enjoyed, uh, Jarrell, getting to know these coaches one-on-one and really getting to have a chance to build that relationship before you get there? Man, it's it's been fantastic for us. You know, you know we're not a, associated with any, you know, big news organization, whether it be a paper or a TV station. And they've been so gracious to us because they understand our mission is to, you know, shine a light on their programs, shine a light on their players, and shine a light on their communities. So they've been fantastic giving us access. They've always been extremely, you know, courteous, respectful to what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build at moving the chains. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's awesome. You know, we, we go on the sideline. We, we've had interviews, multiple interviews with both coaches there at the game last night at Great Collegiate in Christchurch, able to speak with Coach Hatfield, able to speak with Coach Holmes. You know, they know our first names. They ask us how we're doing uh, because they know that we care about their programs, but not just their programs. We care about every single program in the state. Wrapping it up here and doing it in uh, five-star fashion as the guys that were moving the chains as they get ready uh, for a couple more games and wrap up week zero here. What is the plan? Are you guys making? I mean, I don't know. What is, what is, what is the trip to Charlotte for you guys? Y'all are in Greenville. It's about an hour, hour and a half. I mean, y'all going to load back up the car, put some snacks in the car, and head out? Or what, what's the plans today? Yeah, no, we don't want to. We don't want to make the, the wives and girlfriends too angry this first week of the season, Richie. So, uh, you know, we're gonna lay low. <laughs> a lot of these games are gonna be broadcast on radio or, or TV, so we may try to catch a catch a game that way. You know, spend time with the families, and uh, we'll get back after it on Friday. But yeah, it's about an hour and a half, two hours to get to Charlotte. Uh, but if you are in that area, man, there's two good games in that area. You got Northwestern. They're gonna be playing Providence Day in the Panther Stadium, and then as you mentioned, Burns and Huff. They're going to be playing at American Legion Memorial. Go check out those teams, those border battles there. Yeah, and I tell you what, Coach Greer in Providence Day, loaded with talent. And so is, yeah. by the way, Northwestern, who is also a top-ranked team in 4A football. Could be uh, a, a lot of fun there. Uh, all right, man, let me give you a chance to kind of plug you guys over at Moving the Chains. Every night you guys are doing something. And I'm going to, you know, I, I tell you what, this new Twitter thing is the best thing. It's like Barbershop 101 to me. I love it because everybody's in there, man. It's a little easier actually to do that than what we do uh, because you can't see you raise your hand over there. I can literally raise my hand in one of those rooms. Or 
And if I'm delegating the room, I can tell people, look, just put your hand up. I got you. When we did ours on Wednesday night, Jarrell, it was so amazing. We had seven different athletic directors. We had over 25 to maybe 30 coaches listening to us. We had, I mean, I got to believe somebody from the high school league was there because I didn't recognize the face. I Googled it, and I believe that's what it was. And let's be honest, they're going to listen to it. They want to make sure that we're not saying anything that upsets anybody, so whatever. For me, I like that format, and I thought you guys did a great job riding back from your game to go back home to give us the score, to allow people to talk, to have that conversation, that dialogue. It's almost like a call-in show without it being the call-in show. Yeah, it's it's an opportunity, you know, just utilizing technology. It was it was Kevin's Kevin's baby, Kevin's idea. We started doing it last year. You know, it just gives us an opportunity to do something while we're driving back, you know, from these games on Friday night um, and being able to interact. You know, you still have that post-game high, you know, from, you know, from being, being at these stadiums. And the fans do, too, and they want to talk about it. Uh, so that just gives us the perfect opportunity to utilize that platform on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Uh, but we usually do that, you know, at 1030, 11 o'clock when we're, we're driving back, just depending on what time we get done with our game gives the fans an opportunity to, to tell us what happened at their game, you know, maybe vent some frustrations if they want to. Like you said, it's an old-school radio show without, you know, those antenna limits. So we can continually keep in that conversation. You don't have to find a new radio dial depending on what region of the state you're in. You know, if you're just driving back from the game or you got something that you want to say about it, uh, we'd like to open up that dialogue, open up that forum. We want to talk about what game we've been out. We like to go through all the scores. Um, it's hard now. you got to get in front of a TV to see these scoreboard shows, and it's, it's just local coverage. We go through every single score um, that's been posted that night, um, and be sure to join us. You know, we're so happy. We appreciate you sharing the link, you joining, you contributing for our, our Twitter space last night, and uh, hopefully we'll keep doing that throughout the season. That we shall, buddy. Real quick, follow-up, man. How do we find you? How do we chase you? How do we stock you? The whole nine yards from social media world. How do we catch up? Yeah, it's moving chains, no G, all socials. Um, hit us up on our website, www.movingchains.com. Again, there's no G on that. Uh, we're, on, we're on everything, TikTok, threads, whatever. Find us there. Uh, we do podcast form for all of our interviews, all of our preview shows, our post, you know, recap shows. Um, they're on Twitter. I mean, excuse me, they're on Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're easy to find. DM us. You want, you want us to try to interview your favorite coach, one of your favorite players. Uh, you want us to – you know, campaign for us to come to to your venue. We'd love to be there, uh, but always easy to reach us. Moving chains, uh, like I said, no G on most of those uh, socials, and uh, we're just happy to continue to cover this state and uh, build up, you know, South Carolina football. You guys do it at best. Is, is is impressed every week, every day. You guys do something. I'm always like, yep, they got it. They are the it factor when it comes to covering the state. We appreciate you. We're glad to call you family here on Southern Sports Central, Darrell. Thank your other half for allowing you to hang out with me tonight or today, if you will. And, again, we'll catch up with you next week, man. I'm sure I'm going to jump in with some of you guys on your stuff, but I will catch up with you off the air on a few things as well, buddy. God bless. Have a great week. Get some rest, and we'll do it again here soon. Thanks, Rich. You guys chilling as well, man. We really appreciate the partnership. You have a good one. You got it, buddy. The one and only Jarrell Hendricks with Moving the Chains, guys. It is already our number one. Done. Put it in the books. Let's turn the page. Let's head to break. Because getting ready, the Ron Burgundy of Charleston, if you didn't see his picture, stand by, ladies and gentlemen. Stand by. He had to shave his mustache off. The beard had to go away. 
but he did take a little selfie before he did that. But we'll put that on Twitter right after this. Uh, we will go to a quick little reset here. It is top of hour number two. It is 11 o'clock. Coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. Don't go anywhere. The rest, the other half, the second part of Southern Sports Central in hour number two. Coming up right after this, guys. Reluctantly crowds at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Burning fast on an empty tank Reckless and wild They pour through the turns Their prowess is potent And secretly stern As they speed through the finish The flags go down The fans get up And they get out of town The arena is empty Except for one man Still driving and striving As fast as he can The sun has gone down And the moon has come up And long ago Somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving And hugging the turns And thinking of someone for Everybody, hour two. I'm Richie Alban, Southern Sports Central, and Ralph Father Duke bringing them in in style. That is the one and only Kevin Milladu from Live Five Sports. My man, welcome back to the world again as you have now been relieved of baby daddy duty for a few hours on a Friday night, here a few hours maybe on a Saturday morning. And welcome back, man. Uh, glad to have you back up and about and hanging out with all of us here in the world again, buddy. Man, it's, it's week zero already. How did this happen? It feels like it was just May. It was. There is no off season, man. I tell guys that cover sports, look, bro, if you think like it used to be, you remember back when we first started this thing, all right, man, it's February. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up sometime in July, maybe like first week of August. Not so fast, yeah. my friend. It's every day, no, every back, way, period. <laughs> no, back then it was like you, you would take a week for the, the basketball playoffs in February. And then, right. but other than that, you you were like, yeah, we'll see you in in August. Yeah, and that's not it now because thank you, thank you, thank you, social media because now we're covering everything. There is the transfer portal. We haven't gotten proof on the NIL deals, but we feel like they're out there, Kev. We won't throw that too far because I don't want it to stick too much. But we do know that there's a lot more stuff happening. I mean, this has been the busiest off season ever. And I know you've been on baby daddy duty. And again, congratulations on your beautiful little girl to complete that family even more as you now have three heads on top of your wife uh, that are in that house. I'm not sure if you guys have any small four-legged animals up in there as well, but, man, it is an official full-thread uh, full uh, family operation for you now, brother. Yeah, I don't know how this happened. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it just came out of nowhere. I'm baffled still. 
How hard was it? Real quick before we get you, we're going to start covering sports, man, because we do know you were still doing some family things here. It's a Saturday, and I thank the wife for letting you hang out with me for a little while. And uh, to say in good grace, I won't keep you long. But you had that amazing stash that you had to cut off yesterday. And I thought I talked to – matter of fact, I talked to David yesterday, who covers it all on the writing side of things, Shelton, and he and I were laughing after the uh, Stratford game. And he said, man, I loved it. I wish he wasn't to cut it. I said, man, he looked just like Ron Burgundy, man. I mean, I wish – Live would have left to keep that at least for that conversation. I I was hoping to keep the whole thing for a little while, but it, you know I got the word that that uh, they prefer me clean shaven. So you know I I just got to do what I got to do to keep the to keep the paychecks coming in. Yeah, no doubt. Let's keep the paychecks. Let's keep it moving here on Southern Sports Central with our one and only guy, the man, and he is with the plan here. Covering up, Stall has won a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new season. They take down Burke on Thursday night. They are real. Coach McCoy said they're the number one team in the state. They'll see them next week on James Island. How good is it to be a star warrior right now? I get it, man. I, I don't know how long it lasts, but I tell kids, I told one kid who called me Friday morning and said, hey, Coach, look, man, we won our first ball game." I said, man, enjoy it right now, and don't you dare let nobody tell you nothing different. But once you go back on that field in James Island, it doesn't matter what we did last week. Let's make a new week. And he said, no, you're right. We're going to party this weekend. <laughs> so it was good to yeah. see the smiles on the faces of kids at Stahl. And, and it's not just Stahl. You know, Northwood Academy last night, they broke a 29-game losing streak wow. uh, with a with a two-point victory over Greenwood uh, Christian. You know, I can't even imagine. You know, you're talking 29 games there. I think Stahl's was at 23. Both teams hadn't won since 2019. And, I mean, you're talking about – you know, not just a year or two of losing. You're talking about an entire program that had nobody in it that was, you know, knew what it was like to get a win. So right. just to get that one victory, and, you know, I don't – it doesn't matter if it's against a team that's, you know, several classes below you or whatever. You know, you, you got to build on something. So, uh, you know, you take the wins where you can get them and, and you build on that. Big win last night. West Ashley, the Wildcats. I tell you what, I'm not surprised by Donnie Kiefer. He's one of my faves. He's a guy who is not the tallest guy, but I can promise you he's the strongest guy on the sideline. I wouldn't go at him for nothing. Uh, and, and But he went out last night, takes down Laura Richland. That's a big win for the uh, Wildcats to take down uh, the Hornets over there, 23-20. to 20. I liked exactly what I saw last year at West Ashley. They were very good coming out of the gate. They weren't able to maintain it. But, Kev, when you look at this West Ashley team, it seems like they've filled a lot of holes that they had last year and seemed to possibly – can compete in a region that's got some new faces in it already. Yeah, and they come away with a, you know, a last-second win, getting a field goal as time expired to, to take a three-point win at home. And, you know, I, I like Donnie Kiefer a lot, too. And, you know, he's always talked about how important this, this non-region schedule is to get them ready for the region schedule and getting wins like, like the one they did last night over a team like Lower Richland. That's, that's something that hopefully they can build on. And, you know, you mentioned last season they, they started off strong as well. Even though they didn't finish well last year, that's something you build on. You know, you, you take these good starts, and now this year you could say, we know how this worked out last year. So this isn't something we can just rest on going for the rest of the season. So hopefully good things are coming their way as well. Yeah. Now we go back to Northwoods. Uh, you got a guy that we know very well. He's spent a lot of time uh, over there at First Baptist. He takes his character, he takes his tradition, his policies, and his standards to a place called Northwoods right off 17A into Berkeley County, and they, of course, 
I believe hit the road, or I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I think they hit the road to Greenwood last night, to Greenwood Christian. They went on the road 28-26. And I was told by somebody on that staff, you guys need to do a documentary on this because this is going to be a year to remember. But it's a year of many, many more coming forward. And I don't doubt it at all. Anywhere Johnny Waters is, I'm believing that there is going to be a standard, a tradition, and a culture that's going to be put in place pretty quick. Yeah, and, and he knows how to win at this level. You know, he's won two state championships over at First Baptist, took him to another state finals uh, during that three-year stretch. He's, he's a proven winner at this level. And, you know, you think about everything Northwood went through over the offseason, so much turnover, you know, not just, you know, between the football coach and but the administration as well. You know, they, they made a change at the, at the head coach position for football back in November, and they brought in uh, Armando Allen. And they also brought in former uh, Charleston Southern football coach, Autry Denson, to serve as the athletic director. Both of them were gone within a couple of months, you know, going on to greener pastures. You know, Denson got a job as the running backs coach for Arizona in the NFL. And Allen, I believe he's working, uh, I want to say Toledo. I'm not 100% positive on that. I think he got a job on the Toledo staff. But for them to kind of, you know, work out the way they did and to get Johnny Waters, the guy who, like I said, has won two state championships at the Skeezer level. I mean, that, that's an impressive feat. And, you know, like I said, he's a guy I'm always going to believe in that, that can get wins at this level. Now we go to Oceanside. Now here's a team defending their lower state championship. They lost a lot of big names. They lost Blue on the back end of the running back, Monroe Freeling on, of course, the uh, offensive line. Uh, a guy that we're not hearing a lot of, I think he's at North Greenville, Timmy Kassain, a defensive man who has a – he's almost like watching the ultimate warrior on the front line of the defense. They're all gone. <laughs> but what's not gone is the attitude, and it seems like the drive. But they did add a guy, and it's a LaPrat. It is Brent LaPrat. He is the co-defensive coordinator, and he looked good last night with what he put together with the scheme, winning that game, Coach Chad. 24-7 over Louisville. The Lions, I mean, to go on the road and win a game like that, I thought that was a pretty big first impression for the uh, for the Lions Sharks. Yeah, I was over there. They were playing at the Citadel last night. I was over at that game for, for about a quarter. They, you know, you mentioned Brent LaPrade. Uh, he was on the staff, and Steve LaPrade was in the stands watching that game, which is, uh, you know, pretty odd that he wasn't over at the Dorchester County Showdown at this point. But, uh I, I was talking to the athletic director for Oceanside, and he was telling me that Steve's been hanging around, and, and he's had an Oceanside hat on, and he's, he's talked about how weird it is seeing Steve in, in those colors. But uh, they also added uh, Sam Hartman's father as as an assistant coach this season as well. So, you know, they, they've got a, a really good staff they put together. They're always going to have the talent, you know, that especially after what they did last year, they're able to pull a whole bunch of guys in and, and show them what they can do. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of controversy about, you know, what kind of school Oceanside is and, and what level they're competing at. And, you know, that's that's nothing the kids should have to have to worry about. You know, they're just going out there and, and doing what they need to do to win football games. And their quarterback's really good, the Riedenbach kid. Uh, he rushed for two touchdowns last night in the first half through another one. Uh, they were a little bit sloppy in the first half, but, you know, opening week, that's, that's something to expect. That's they're going to have a, a huge test next week as uh, South Florence, a team that really dominated Goose Creek last night, mm. uh, comes back uh, this way. They're going to play at the Citadel again next Friday. So that's, that should be a good game for, for both teams to really see where they're at. Sticking kind of in the theme here, St. John Christians, 41-18. They take down the Kings of Lions uh, over in Florence. 
St. John's is the team that they're always, it seems like playing for state championships, but they get the least amount of respect in the area. Yeah, really the last couple of years, uh, they, they had the kid, uh, uh, Ryan Booker, uh, a few seasons ago, and they got off to a really good start uh, during the COVID year. And really ever since then, you know, since they've moved back up to 11, man, they've, uh, they've been putting wins together and they've, they've become, you know, one of the, the more solid skeezer programs in the low country. And they start off again last night with another big win. Now, two teams that did not feel the way they wanted to last night, that would be Pinewood. They lose 27-23 in the opening debut of Coach Holloman. Or I believe, I think this is actually week two for skeezer. So let me check that. And then uh, first, Baptist, uh, they lose a close win to Northside Christian, 45-42. Uh, what's your thoughts on first, Baptist? They got a new coach. Uh, you know, Coach Holloman's up here in the Somerville area, Pinewood. Uh, your thoughts on those two ball games? Yeah, like you said, both schools with uh, with brand-new head coaches this year, both trying to, to set up their their way of doing things early on. And, you know, growing pains is, is obviously something that's going to happen a little bit. Pinewood – They've been, you know, moving in the right direction the last couple of years under J.W. Myers, and he's now moved over to become the, the athletic director at the school. So they're, they're still moving in the right direction. First Baptist, you know, like we said, Johnny Waters won a lot of games over there. Uh, I was a little surprised to see him leave that situation. But, you know, they, they've got a, a solid head coach there now as well who's implementing his system. So I, I think it's just a matter of time before they – start racking up the wins as well. Picking up a win last night, North Charleston, the Cougars take down the Eagles of Military Magnet. Uh, a win is a win is a win, and that was happening last night, 20 to nothing. Uh, North Charleston starting the year with a W, and again, uh, beat Military Magnet. And that's kind of a close little rivalry there because I believe they spread out maybe, what, five miles apart from one another? Yeah, and they also share uh, the use of that District 4 stadium over there in North Charleston. So it was it was kind of a home game for both teams last night. But, again, North Charleston, one of those teams that, you know, rack up the wins where you can get them because their, their region schedule is, is a tough one. You know, they're going to be playing the likes of, of Hanahan and, and, and teams like that uh, in, in that region this year. And Hanahan had a, had a really nice win to start things off last night as well. So, you know, good win for North Charleston. Always good to start off 1-0. Now, one game you were at was the Holy War last night, and holy moly, Porter Gap, 35-31 over the Battling Bishops at Bishop England. You, I think that was the one game you were at. And, 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 and kind of give us the, the atmosphere of this one. I know it's, uh, it's the Porter God and the Skis are playing against the South Carolina High School League team out of Bishop England. And, a, and if I'm not mistaken, Bishop England's 3A. So that's a big win for Porter Gout in many, many ways. Yeah, I was there for the, for the first half of that game, for most of the first half. And Bishop England actually looked pretty good. Uh, during the time I was there, they were up 14 to seven about midway through the second when I had left that game. Uh, they would force a couple of, of Porter Gout turnovers, a couple of fumbles, and capitalize on both scoring touchdowns. But Porter Gout came back in a big way in the second half. Uh, really good run game from Porter Gout so far this year. They had one kid uh, who ran for four touchdowns and and over 200 yards on the ground. I, I want to say his name is JJ Flood. Uh, he looked really impressive last night. They were running. Uh, you know, a lot of pitches for him, some some option stuff as well. And, you know, when he was getting into the open field, he was tough to bring down. There was a couple times there was three or four guys trying to just drag him out of bounds, and it, it wasn't working. So Porter Gowd uh, looked like they could do some stuff last night. And Bishop England, you know, they're coming off a tough season as well. Uh, but, 
they're, they're going through the air. Their, their passing game last night looked pretty good, you know, from the, from what I saw. So hopefully uh, John Candy's got that turned around, but that's one of the best rivalries in the low country. You know, that Holy war game, that's always fun to see. And, and Porter Cowd, you know, they, they do a thing where they invite all the, all the fans onto the field before the game to, to help the kids run through the, the tunnel. And that there was hundreds of people on the field. I think they, they almost stretched out across the entire field. They had to, you know, instruct them all to start curving around so they, they could come out and do the coin flip. So that's, that's a fun rivalry to be a part of. No doubt. Now, Hanahan has a brand-new coach, comes out of the state of Georgia. He comes in to take over the coach, Art Craig, who uh, was there for a few years. But they win, win against Georgetown, who also had a new head coach. It was kind of the new head coach bowl, if you will, 45 34 Hanahan picks up a win, and that's a great way to kick off your uh, your name here in the Low Country. But uh, your thoughts of Hanahan and, and are the Hawks going to have some conversation in 3A football this year? Yeah, well, I you know I live here in Hanahan. My son actually plays on the B team uh, for the Hanahan, the brand new B team, and and that's just part of what Coach Turner is kind of brought to this program so far. And you know he's he's really making it clear that he wants to build a program. He's just not you know, here for a year or two to, to pick up some wins and, and go into retirement or go on to the next one. He's, he wants to build a program here, and, he, and he's made it very clear about how he wants to go about doing that. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier to do that when you've got a guy like Kevon Rivera, who I think had six touchdowns last night on the ground for the Hawks. He's one of the best, if not the best, running back in the low country coming into this season. So, and he showed why last night. So that's a big win for Hanahan and you know, if they keep running the ball like that, they're they're going to make some noise early on in this season. How about making noise early? We're saying we're going to stay in Berkeley County for a while, Kev. Let's go over to Kane Bay, Buford, Buford State Champions, three A state champions, and they won in style last year, but not as quick as they were last year. Kane Bay starts off just like they were last year. Big win, twenty nine ten, as the Cobras took down the Eagles. And Coach there is again catching my eye early in the season. It's week zero, but that's an impressive win to start the season. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can beat a, a team that was a state champ last season to start off your year, I mean, that's that's going to give you some momentum. And and Kane Bay really the last couple of years, they they've really been turning out the linemen, which I think has been pretty impressive. Their run game has always been really good, but now they're starting to put out an offensive line that that's just making big holes for these guys and. They were doing that again last night. Kane Bay, you know, they're another team that, that could make some noise early on uh, with this non-region schedule and build that momentum going into the region play. We move around. Let's go to Timberland, Berkeley. Now, this one, another rivalry game, and uh, it's a lot closer than I thought it was. Another first-year coach and another coach that's got a couple of years under his belt at Timberland. Berkeley brings in a guy from the state of Florida, along with a couple of big, strong-minded offensive coordinators. One of those is Hunter Spivey, and they put up 36 points to 32. I feel in my heart it was a lot closer than that. And these schools, again, are inter- almost, almost inner-city rivalries because they're just so close together. Uh, Kev, you're shocked by the Timberland more than I am Berkeley because I thought Berkeley was going to do what they did, but Timberland bringing up some points here. And I know they added a handful of new coaches on the staff as well. Yeah, and, and that's one of those games that always, you know, even though Berkeley's a 5A school and Timberland's lower, I think, 3A or 2A, uh, you know, Timberland always puts up a good fight with them. And, you know, going back to when Art Craig was there, they're always one of the best coach teams in the area, and that hasn't changed with Coach right there now. Uh, but they, they always really stick to what they do, and they, they um, 
they perform really well on the field. They, they, you know, like I said, they stick to what they do and they know how to do it. And, it, you know, even when the other team knows what they're going to do, it's hard for them to stop them. So, but Berkeley took care of business. You know, this time of year, it's just about picking up the W's and, and trying to keep your guys healthy. So, uh, you know, a win for Berkeley and a win for Eric Lodge in his first game with the Stags, that's, that's a good start. It is. How about Coach Weinstead? Boy, the Gators. They, sure, they traveled down 95 and went into South Lawrence, home of the 4A state champions, uh, Bruins. And that didn't work out as well as we thought it would. They did add Joey Steele from Fort Dorchester as their offensive line coach. So I think a lot of things are going to happen. But Coach Wine said, I talked to him during the uh, during the preseason and during the summer. He told me they're real young. They're, they're trying to get some guys in different places. And what better way to find out how good you are than playing a team like South Lawrence, who easily can play against people in 5A. But Goose Creek took one tough one on the chin, 54-14. Kev, your thought of Goose Creek, again, Coach Weinstead and the Gators have won the region year after year after year, and this may or may not be that year. Yeah, I mean, opening the season with South Florence, that's like, you know, walking in the first – that's a a big kind of test, and, you know, South Florence proved why they're one of the best teams in the state at any level last night. Uh, Goose Creek, though, you know, they put up a a couple of touchdowns. You know, they they didn't quit. They they stuck it out the whole way, and – like you said, they're a really young team, and, and that's a good lesson to learn early on for, for young guys. This is what you're going to have to play like in order to compete at our level. So, you know, probably, you know, not the obviously not the result they wanted. Not, things didn't go their way, but it's a good, good lesson to learn early on in the season for them. It is. We stay in Goose Creek, the city, as we look at the Stratford game. I was there last night. I know you guys had a couple of individuals over there with us. As well, but uh, Danny McDaniel on another season here, former Stratford Knight, now the head ball coach over there, had some guys, man. i tell you what, Kevin, I was impressed by the quarterback. I know he's a sophomore. I know he's a baseball guy, so he could throw the ball, but I was impressed by his legs. He took one away. I think y'all probably had it on film as well for about 65 to 70 yards, which put them in scoring position. Yeah. It was the only points they put on the board, but a lot of mistakes were made in the second half. Uh, that they just couldn't recover from. A lot of penalties were put in place. They couldn't get things done. I think the defense gave up a lot of third and seven, third and nine, third and 11. And James Island kind of cleaned up some of that that they had in the early part of the first and second quarter as they made, I, I would say, capitalized on a lot of mistakes that uh, the Strapper Knights made, but they win. That is James Island wins. They top seven team in 4A, 25 to seven. And now Coach McCoy, uh, you know, looks pretty excited as they take down a 5A school as well. Yeah, that's a big win for the, for James Island in the first week. And, and even after that, when we talked to Coach McCoy and, and you know, you would think they'd be going on the road beating a 5A team. But his first thing was to say to us was there's still a lot they've got to clean up and a lot they've got to change if they're going to be a contender this year in 4A. They, they start the season ranked as the seventh best team in the state, according to the media poll. So, uh, you know, a lot of expectations, which is, it's crazy the way uh, Coach McCoy has turned this program around in just a few years. You know, this was a, a team that was an afterthought for a long, long time in the low country. You know, not just in the low country, but around the state. But he's really made something out of them. And they've got, you know, one of the best rosters in the low country. You know, the, the rabbit elk kid at wide receiver, he's really, really good. He had a, a touchdown last night. So, you know, starting off the, the right way for him and, it's just really impressive what he's been able to build in a couple of years now and, and how he's been able to turn this team into a contender. And that is a fact and sure. Now we start trying to look around and, and, and how about some of the other teams, some of the other games that you saw around the low country, we might not have mentioned just yet. I know, I know uh, some other teams were playing as well. 
Yeah, there was a bunch of good games last night. I'm trying to trying to think what we haven't touched on. I think we I think we got most of it. You know, we I think the only thing we didn't mention was the um the showdown last night over in uh in, uh, Somerville, you know. Somerville, Somerville four Woodland Ashley Ridge all in action last night. Somerville uh beat uh Fort Dorchester seven to six, Ashley Ridge beat Woodland. Uh kinda you know, we were talking about this uh at the Holy War, me and a couple of other guys. Putting that uh, that jamboree in week zero, you know, I think they're the only ones that still do that. Most other jamborees played last weekend. So it, it, it's an interesting move because now that's less time, you know, one less week they can take off during the season for those four teams. So I would like to see them move that back, you know, a week as where the other jamborees are. Maybe they could set something up with Charleston County and Berkeley County where they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so they're not all on top of each other you know, like the Berkeley County and the Charleston County ones have been the last couple of years. But something I'd, I'd like to see them do maybe is just spread things out a little bit more. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things that, Kev, now that we have week zero under our belt? Almost. By the way, there are two games uh, that if uh, you have an opportunity to catch, of course, Northwood's playing Providence today, Burns playing Huff. That's going to be out in the Charlotte area. Definitely going to be uh, four game, or four teams and two games to watch. But – uh now that we've got some of this behind us, what are your thoughts on uh, week zero and we got everything back up and running? Of course, uh, you're probably good, good to be back out and about and uh, just being able to cover some high school sports. Yeah, like we said, uh, you know, James Island's really the team that, that caught my eye last night. So I'm curious to see, you know, they've got stall coming in next week. It, the expectation is they're going to go to 2-0, and but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how their team that, that responds to being the favorite now, you know, now that they're going to be the hunted uh, going forward, at least for a little while here after that performance last night, how do they bounce back against Stahl coming next week? And then, like we said, a lot of new head coaches in the area. uh, Curious to see how they keep going, especially Coach Waters at Northwood and Coach Turner over at Hanahan, see what they do in week two and, and just where they go from there. And then, you know, the, the team we, we didn't really see, you know, we saw them in the Jamboree last night for Dorchester, of course, uh, no Steve LaPrade going forward. We talked about that. So how are they going to come out? You know, they're, they're going on the road in week one. So how are they going to respond to all the changes they've had in the off season? Yeah. One team that we didn't mention, Philip Simmons. Don't want to miss the war horse, the iron horses there. They did take out uh, Andrews and the yellow Jackets, 52, 28. Philip Simmons is a very interesting team. And I just feel like they can compete almost with anybody that they go on the field with every year. These guys find it. And it seems like he's just getting those kids to come out of the classrooms and get them on the high school field. What's your thoughts of, uh, of the Phillips Simmons and, and, and some of those schools as well? Now, I didn't see a score for Wando. Did they not play last night? I'm not sure about them as well. No, Wando didn't play last night. But Beckham uh, started off their season. They got a, a 52 nothing win, I think, over Lake Marion. So that was a – it was a good start for them as well. And, and Beckham plays Wando this week. So that's, that's going to be one of our, our marquee games going in for week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Philip Simmons as well. Uh, the impressive thing there, uh, they had a lot of drama off the field this week. Uh, their, their long snapper, Gunnar Yoakum, uh, you know, a kid who's one of the top long snappers in the country, he had to go back and forth with the South Carolina High School League about a fifth year of eligibility. You know, this is a kid that was, was fighting cancer, you know, just a couple of years ago and had to – had to step away from school to, to really uh, put everything he had into fighting this disease. And, and thankfully he got past it and he's in, been in remission for a little while now. 
he had to go back to the appellate panel on Tuesday, I believe it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, fight for a fifth year of eligibility, which thankfully he got. So he was back on the field. But for Philip Simmons to be able to kind of overcome everything they were going through with all that situation and, and come out and really put on a, a good performance against Andrews, uh, that, I thought that was pretty impressive. I did, too. The final thing, and I got to ask you this, because you had time to watch some TV. Is Again, we are wrapping it up here with uh, our guy who has supported us since day one. That's Kevin Villadu, the one and only from Live Sports. Back out and about, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the car is riding from uh, stadium to stadium and town to town. Uh, but, Kevin, did you get a chance to watch the Johnny Manziel documentary? I mean, that's kind of right up your wheelhouse as much as it is mine. But, man, it was kind of like watching the Dennis Rodman of college football. I mean, this guy was doing it big. Man, I, I did watch that. That was that was a fun watch. And really the the sentiment I saw a lot of people start talking about on social media was, you know, why is, is he keeping his Heisman and Reggie Bush isn't? Mm. You know, which which I yeah. thought was was an interesting standpoint. Because really what did what did Reggie Bush do that, that Manziel didn't, especially now that he's admitting it? And that right. seems like something I don't I, see, I don't think Manziel should have to get his back. I think they should give Reggie Bush his Heisman back. I just I, you know Especially the the way things are now. Yet, yeah, they broke the rules. But if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna abide by it from everyone, then just let the guy get his high spin back. You know, it's it's probably the highlight of his career at this point. You know, for especially his college career, but probably his football career as a whole. So really, no reason to take that away from him at this point. Yeah, you know, the one thing for me, Kevin, is that that really caught my eye, and I've watched it actually twice because you know they always say you catch it more when you watch it a little more. But my thing that kind of caught me was the president, if I'm not mistaken, from Texas A&M was on this documentary. I'm thinking to myself, man, what, what, what lawyer told you that's a good idea? What publicist told you that would be a great idea? I, I don't understand how they're not – from what I remember, and I, and I actually shared it, and that was one of the things on our Twitter page that I put up, and I said, look, how do you take away Reggie's but you don't take away this guy's? And I'm not saying taking his away because I don't think it had anything to do with him playing uh, any better. Quite frankly, <laughs> the best game he played – was the one he was more hungover on against Alabama. I mean, even right. his offensive coordinator and his quarterback coach said, dude, I don't give a damn what you got to do. Throw it up, throw it out, do what you got to do, but you better show out against this Alabama team, and he did. I mean, he ended up going into Tuscaloosa. If I don't I think that's where they were, and he wins. But for me, how do you not vacate something? There's no penalty to, to, to A&M yeah. whatsoever. There's no bull ban. There's no – uh, scholarships taken, there's no national – there's nothing, no games that are stripped from these guys or nothing. And, again, you know, I get – everybody said, well, you know, Reggie Bush was flaunting it. He was in, in, a, in, a, in a wool coat in California. I said, man, Johnny Menzel was throwing cash at everybody. I mean, he had pictures. He, was he lost his best friend everywhere. in this whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's hanging out with, like, NBA basketball, NFL, football. He had everything – and I just – that really kind of – I just – like I said, I'm with you, and I was with you when you said that, give Reggie Bush back his trophy. That had nothing to do with how he ran over somebody over a football field. I just – I can't stand when they do that to an athlete. They go look over here and say, well, you did this, you did it, we're going to take this away, which is weird now because everything that these guys did, pretty much it's legal. <laughs> now it's like, yeah. okay, well, and, let's – can we retro it backwards? And it's, especially with a best friend was saying – Oh, we'll just tell everyone that Johnny's dad is rich, and everyone just bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and nobody questioned it. <laughs> you know, the, the the best reporters in the world are covering this guy, and they're just like, okay, I guess his dad's an oil guy, so we'll we'll just sit there and take it. But 
I mean, the the thing that really sticks with me is just, you know, it, it's just how corrupt the college system is because, you know, they went over, like, Texas A&M made hundreds of millions of dollars literally on the back of this one guy, and he's just supposed mm-hmm. to sit there and, and get his, his hoodie and, and his sneakers and go to class. And it's, it's, it's such a ridiculous system, and, you know, it, it looks more and more like it's, it's going on the way out sooner rather than later. So, but it, it's, just, it's all a sham. No, I agree with you. And, and now, because of social media, everything's coming out. I mean, even Adidas ran out of his jerseys, and that's what got his eye. He said, look, I can't get my own jersey? Oh, no. Let me get some of that money. Yeah. And it cost him his best friend because he said that. He said when he told his best friend that they've got to go different ways, that's the last time he talked to this guy, other than when you see him on the documentary. And that's, that's the sad part of it, man. And this other sad part is watching Johnny Manziel. He goes, gets drafted. Yeah, I get he fell back a little bit, but he still went in the first round. He still went, I mean, I wouldn't be excited to go to the Browns either, but still he's playing in the NFL and he's going to get a lot of money whether they lose a lot or win a little. And uh, But you could just see this guy. He just – and he looks he looks so much older now because of that lifestyle they lived in college. And that just – it was really kind of shocking to me. The other story that you broke yesterday, this was a hard one for me because I have a chance to say that I've had conversations. I don't know Robert Quinn. I'm not a guy that says I've sat down at a dinner table with him, but we've had some conversations, of course, uh, with him going to Fort Dorchester, going to North Carolina. And, and it's hard enough to remember. You're talking about some scandal, right? And what he did was nowhere near what Johnny did. North Carolina yeah. washed Robert Quinn's life away. He never even happened at North Carolina because he went on a boat, took a watch, and some money, some money, right? I'm sure it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it was enough for them to cause some stink. Yet North Carolina's hiding uh, classes that don't even have classes, but yet they take Robert right. Quinn and, and, and basically abolish him. But that's the least of his worries because what was it a couple of nights ago? This guy unfortunately finds himself in a really, really bad situation and in somebody's front yard, from what I read, not good, man. Tell us the update on Robert Quinn and have you had a chance to kind of have any conversations with anybody to get an update? Yeah, I mean, our our newsroom did a, an amazing job with this story, especially Blair Sable yesterday, our one of our investigative reporters. She did amazing. Uh, the the video, if you haven't seen it, it's on our website. It, it's scary, man. I mean, he there's there's a ring doorbell video of him just flying around a, a turn and smashing into a car that that had somebody in it. You know, he runs into the back of it. Somebody was was in the driver's seat, and luckily everyone was okay. But you know, Quinn. Uh, He's in a lot of trouble right now because he got out of the car. Uh, you know, he from from what we were told by the people who were there, uh, he slapped a woman a couple of times because she was telling him to get off her property. Uh, you know, he was trying to make things uh, right in his mind by saying, you know, he would, you know, replace the cars that he he damaged with his driving, but he he would eventually take off from the scene, which obviously that's not a good sign and. You know, he, he was arraigned yesterday. He's facing several charges, facing assault charges, um, you know, reckless driving, I believe, is also one of them. Uh, I think his bond was around $5,000 yesterday for the seven charges. So, you know, this is a guy who's a free agent in the NFL right now. I don't know how much this is going to affect uh, whether or not his, his playing career continues. That obviously shouldn't be his focus right now because there's a lot of other stuff he's got to sort out with all this. But, uh, that story is on our website, live5news.com, and I, I definitely suggest people go over and, and take a look at everything that, that they've been working on. This, I think this happened uh, Tuesday night. Right. It's so sad to see a guy who, again, was in the Super Bowl this past season playing yeah. against his former teammate, Carlos Dunlap. The stories were amazing, and he's a great guy. 
Wrong time, wrong yep. place, bad decision. And, you guys, if Kevin and I cannot emphasize this enough, you don't have to be a, a, an NFL athlete. or If you are not in the right mind to get behind a wheel, there's no reason you should. Uber is not that expensive. Matter of fact, you can yeah. reach out to one of us. We will come and get you because you put yourself in a situation you can't get out of. And this is a guy who had nothing but bright green pastures. Somebody would pick this guy up and play football. But right now, the NFL is not playing. Kevin, they're not playing. Pro sports isn't yeah. playing. They realize the importance of the image, not just of the NFL, but these young individuals that watch these other individuals. And you just see this is a game-changing, no pun intended, move, unfortunately, for a guy that you and I got to watch him play some lights-out football at Fort Dorchester. And I'm, coach, I'm sure Coach from Pratt uh, is probably, if not reached out to him, when I'm sure he has, because that's the kind of guy LP is. Uh, he will reach out to him and have a personal, just a love, almost a father figure conversation with him because he needs a lot of love right now. And the next six months to possibly a year could be some of his hardest ones that he's ever seen. And I mean, not to sound like the old guys, but like you mentioned Uber, like remember how ridiculous it was when we were in college and, you know, trying to get a ride home. Like just, you know, if you wanted to take a cab or something, you, you had to, you know, we didn't have cell phones, so you're either either asking someone at the bar to, to call a cab for you or you're just walking the streets hoping to run into a cab. I mean, now it's so easy to just hit the button and get someone there to give you a ride home. There's just – there's no excuse for it now. So, you know, hopefully everything works out for him and, and you know, he's you know, takes care of all this and gets back to doing what he does. Yeah, because just what he does is not who he is, right? We tell athletes this all the time. I'm a former – you know, athlete in college, I was a former athlete in high school, and, and, again, led into a lot of things. But it's just a moment of your life because outside of this thing, you will become uh, exactly, you know, the man or the woman that you are. Now, that being said, I, I do want to end on a couple of positive things here. College, you got to go. I know you've got a plan. You've got a thing to get to today, Kev. So final two things I want to get to you is locally here in our backyard, we do have ball. Coach Drayton is doing it and doing it well. As a sitter. Boy, the expectations are riding high with the Bulldogs. I think he had some pretty good numbers and some uh, ticket sales have already out. Got a new coach over there at Charleston Southern. He's got his things going. He's got some good plays over there. It looks like the inner, uh, the inner team scrimmages are happening. They look like they're going pretty well. Tell us about the two teams in our backyard when it comes to college football. And if you want to touch on the Tigers, the Gamecocks, and Coastal, or anybody else, uh, you can kind of put all of it together for our final conversation. Yeah, you know, like you said at the SID, there's a lot of excitement. And, you know, bringing in a local guy from Berkeley County to, to coach the Bulldogs and Coach Drayton, that, that's brought a lot of excitement to the program. You know, I remember the day he was introduced, that, that was as full as I've ever seen uh, that, that press box for a coaching introduction at the SID. People are ja- are jazzed up about him coming to lead this Bulldogs program. And it, like you said, it, it shows in the ticket sales. They've sold out a lot of the games so far. And, and over at Charleston Southern, uh, Gabe Gardenia, he's a guy that was an assistant under Jamie Chadwell at Charleston Southern for a long time. So he knows what this program needs to do to get back on top of, of that conference. So I'm excited to see how both guys do early on and, and what they, you know, what they have to do to, to get these programs back on the right way. Now you look at the Gamecocks, you look at the Tigers, you look at Coastal. The Gamecocks got a lot of conversation real quick, Kev. I, I know that they've got a quarterback in play. I love Demario Anderson, former Stratford Knight. The guy's dancing over there. He's lightening up the social media world, but he is a great guy. If you've had a chance to meet him, you can back that up. Those who haven't, wait and watch. You're going to see what we already knew 
what this guy was. Comes out of Newberry. They've already got another running back. They got that low country duo and to carry on Joyner back there to kind of help lead them the way. These two guys know each other extremely well. Kevin, there's a lot of optimism in Columbia. Clemson, there's a lot of expectations. And then Coastal, well, they got a new head ball coach up there as well. What are your thoughts on the three schools that kind of circle around in that in that tier as well? Yeah, Coastal's kind of the, the mystery right now. They, they've got a new head coach in, in Tim Beck after Jadwell uh, left to go to Liberty. Uh, it's kind of a big question mark right now. They, they've got Grayson McCall, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, so everyone expecting that they're going to do what they've done the last few years and put up eight, nine, ten wins, but we really don't know what – what the system is going to look like and what, what's around McCall. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Coastal reacts to the, the big change in their program this year. Uh, you know, you mentioned Anderson and Joyner. They could be the keys for the Gamecocks on offense because we know Spencer Rattler can throw the ball. If they can get uh, just a decent running attack going, something to keep the defenses honest, then South Carolina could be in line to do some big things. And Clemson, you know, ranks number nine in the country to start the season in the uh, preseason AP poll. Uh, Cade Klubnick, you know, he had some flashes in, in his games early on, but also had some struggles as well. You know, the loss to South Carolina, the loss in the bowl game. So going to be uh, interesting to see how he comes in after, a, you know, a full off season of being the guy. And, and Dabo Sweeney, you know, he's had nothing but praise for the kid going into this season. So could be some, some big things and all leading to them facing off again and that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Could be, could be, and will be another great season. College football about two weeks away. We've got one more Saturday show, Kev. We'll see you on Friday night somewhere. We'll be hanging out wherever you guys are. I'm going to try to catch wherever you are. I might just kind of get a, get a ride with you, man, let you be my Uber driver for the night. But until then, man, enjoy time with the family. Glad to have you back, man. Glad to have you back and about, and glad to have high school football. The band's in the stands last night, and uh, Stratford's band sounded pretty good. That was always a good sound for me. But uh, thanks for taking time, man. Go be back with the family. And, again, man, thanks for uh, supporting our dream over here at Southern Sports Central, buddy. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Kevin Belladues, the one with the plan. He does a phenomenal job. In the summer, really, 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 really covered the low country in style, and they do it uh, in, in a fast pace, man. I'm telling you, if these guys got paid by the mile, you couldn't afford them. These guys are hitting multiple, multiple uh, games throughout the night, and, uh, again, with Kevin, uh, he always always takes time away to kind of come in here and say, Rich, let me do whatever I can do to help you. But the conversation about Robert Quinn is something I want to touch on a little bit more, guys. Uh, you know, I have had the chance, uh, again, to talk to uh, Robert. He's a uh, five-star guy uh, off the field. Let's talk personally. Off the field, well-mannered, uh, wants to be a part of this community, comes back to Fort Dorchester to play as much of a role as they'll allow him to play. Supports the system, supports the youth, supports the cause. And uh, to see a guy like Robert, who is a really stand-up dude, make a decision that really could alter his life. And again, uh, thank God no one was was seriously hurt uh, to the point that we're talking about something completely different. But this is a situation that will need to get rectified, and I believe it will. I believe in second chances. I believe in third chances. I, I believe that this is a guy who put himself in a really bad scenario. So let's go to that. Everybody is going to be at some point in your life, somewhere, and you know in your mind, not everybody, but a lot of us have been there before. 
you go out with your buddies, you're having a good time, and you're like, oh, God, I got to go. I got to go. There's an app on your phone that you can hit, come get me. It ought to be called the come get me app. (laughs) You hit that app. It brings a car to you. And for $10.95, you can be home. I promise you, unfortunately, Mr. Quinn will spend more money than $10.95 or even $50 or less. It's a lot better decision because he could have hurt himself, could have hurt others. And I'm not sure of the injuries of, of the young lady that was in the car. I'm not sure of the exact dialogue of it. I'm talking more on a personal life decision that we've all put ourselves in if you are the age that goes out and does anything at all. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it, guys. The, 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 the repercussions of this thing, again, you heard Kevin Bidley talk about. It. He is a free agent this year. But I can promise you, and I hope and pray, that if there's anything that he needs to get conversations or whatever it is, he'll get that done. Again, he's got a great family that he comes from. He's got a great support staff around him. He had that before any of this happened. And I know Coach Steve LaPrade because I had a chance to work for him back in 2020. Coach LaPrade and his Beth, his wife, they will wrap their arms around him, as, as well as the entire campus of Fort Dorchester. So will the city of not only North Charleston, but Somerville. And so will the entire Low Country, because that's just how it works down here. As we're coming to you live from Charleston, South Carolina. Good stuff here today. Want to thank Jarrell Hendricks for moving the chains. He covered it up and handled things from the Midlands, which is uh, the capital city of South Carolina, Columbia. And we took that I-26 West ride all the way up to the upstate. uh, And he covered it out where we talked about all the games that are happening under those lights last night. Week zero in the books almost, almost. Still two games left. And uh, we'll be trying to keep an eye on that when it's probably day. And Coach Greer is taking on our boys of Northwestern with high hopes of winning a 4A state championship. And then Burns, the boys of Burns are back in the conversation of high school Friday Night Lights. I love it. They're taking on Huff. So it's that North Carolina versus South Carolina. And uh, if you don't know, sit back and watch. It's, uh, it's quite a rivalry when we have a chance to cross those borders to play teams outside because, again, it's a flex opportunity for us. You know, that's why we like the Shrine Bowl because it's North Carolina – or South Carolina, and, of course, last year it was all South Carolina. Now, Coach, Grit Province, he's got some dogs over there. He's got some dudes over there that can play some ball, but don't worry because I'm going to tell you, Northwestern's bringing the heat as well. They're up there in football capital USA as far as the state of South Carolina is concerned where they put a lot of dudes and dogs out into the next level. And like I mentioned, Burns, you know, that's the home of Marcus Lattimore and a few more and a few more. And Willie Corn and a handful of other guys are from that area as well. Uh, but they got Huff, and Huff in the past has always been a top-tier team. They've always had that conversation about what you do, where you go, and uh, how it works itself out. So as we look forward to week zero wrapping up, and, and again, last night I'm, I'm at a high school football field. For the first time for Southern Sports Central, uh, I went to a couple games last year. I did the – matter of fact, the game that we talked about, James Island traveled and played against Stahl. I went to that game. Uh, and I think I hit another game. Somerville had a homecoming last year. I made it to that one. But uh, this year, probably going to get about every other weekend uh, that I'll go out, but I'll have some guys and other individuals out every weekend, so we'll be able to get a couple of live shots and some other things. If you're not following us on Twitter, please do that at SO Sports Central. You also can follow us on Facebook. That's Southern Sports Central. And we're on 
Instagram. We don't do a lot. Well, we don't do a lot, but we're over there at Southern Sports Central as well. If you don't have anything going on right now and the rest of the day, you want to go support the youth, the South Carolina Youth Football Association, uh, the Low Country version is playing their games today. They've got their jamboree over at the Fort, Fort Dorchester Patriots, debuting their uh, new turf, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if they're on the turf field, the actual game day field, or they may be playing. They may be playing on the practice field, which is directly behind it. I'm not sure how the field is holding up. And if I'm not also mistaken, I think they're going to give them turf on both fields. I haven't had a chance to get over there. There is hopefully enough chance for me to get off the air today at 1 o'clock. I'll venture over there. I like to be around to see what the uh, the future of our high school athletics looks like, which is then looking like high school into the college level. You know, a lot of these uh, guys, I remember playing, uh, watching these guys that are now at the college level doing big things. Like, you look at Shaq Davis. What a hell of a catch the other night. They were playing against the Chiefs. He got to catch a pass against a defending NFL Super Bowl champion. I thought that was pretty cool from a young man that grew up in Clubhouse, which is a neighborhood, a section of Somerville. Uh, and, he, again, he did what he did at Somerville. He did what he needed to do at South Carolina State. And he did it in style because, remember, a couple of years ago, they beat Deion Sanders and those boys in the, in the HBCU National Championship. And he did the Deion in the end zone. And uh, I think that was one of the many things that got people to realize, hey, this dude is a dog. He can do it, and he can do it in style. And then he went through the draft process. After going through all the training, and he didn't get drafted on the days available, so he goes in as an undrafted player, and he is doing what Shaq Davis does, and that is stand up, handle business, and prove those who don't understand or believe in him wrong. And he is going to continue to do that. Uh, you see what he's done. Jalen Hyatt, another South Carolina high school stud. That This young man went to Dutch Fork, which I got the chance to see him up close and personal. Comes from another great family, by the way. His brother, younger brother, was over in Arizona, by the way, Arizona State. Uh, he traveled to the west coast of life to do his thing while his brother Jalen was at Tennessee with the Volunteers and laid his name in, against Alabama, probably one of his biggest games ever. And they beat Alabama last year at home, and it was Mr. Hyatt that went, I think, six or seven touchdowns with many, many, many impressive catches throughout that game. But he was drafted by the New York Giants, and he's already made big names. And the thing that was interesting about him is he was another guy that some guys, I believe, during some of his going around and, and having conversations during meeting other teams, uh, the Cowboys made a comment basically saying, hey, man, you, you're not it. You're, you're not going to make the NFL. And he said, okay, well, watch this. That's the thing. If you don't know about a lot of our athletes in South Carolina, they are believers in themselves. They handle business themselves, and they will handle what needs to be. And my only thing is, when you got like Jalen Hyatt, how did he get out of our state? I was asked that question this past week on uh, one of the shows that invited me to come on and talk to them about a lot of things, and Jalen Hyatt's name came up. He said, Rich, how in the world – did the Gamecocks of South Carolina? How did the world did did the guys over at, at Clemson? They did not get this guy on the on, on their on the roster, and specifically the Gamecocks because he is in the backyard. Well, things I guess I'm not 100 percent sure how it worked out, but I can promise you, had you had the name that's running the show now and Shane Beamer, that would have happened. Shane Beamer has done an incredible job maintaining the kids in the state of South Carolina and getting a lot of names. You know, we're very blessed to our two major universities, again, all of our universities, but the, the, the bigger universities is South Carolina and Clemson. And Dabo Sweeney has done a great job 
at maintaining a standard on and off the field. Shane Beamer has done the exact same thing with the game Jackson. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. We don't hear anything happening outside anymore. And either one of these programs or any of our great programs in the state, because we got some smaller schools that are doing bigger things as well. Newberry, Wofford, North Greenville. Welcome Anderson to the conversation. Coastal Carolina, the Citadel, Charleston Southern, just to name a few. There's football that is happening from the upper state of South Carolina to the coastline of the Carolinas here in South Carolina. Coastal continues to set a standard and reach it higher and higher. Now, Jamie Chadwell, they're not, not, not there any longer. He's taken a lot of him and his staff with him to Liberty. Can't wait to see what he does up there because he's got Von Blue. He's got Jonathan Bennett, two former low country athletes, and I'm sure he's got maybe a few more. Because the one thing Jamie Chadwell, who, by the way, remember, he started his time at Charleston Southern. Now, he's originally, I think, from the state of Tennessee. So I'm not sure how long Liberty keeps him. I think he ends up at Vanderbilt. Like to see him. I'd love to see Jamie Chadwell in the SEC coach. I'd like to see him anywhere in Power Five. And that's a whole other conversation for another day and another show. Who is this Power Five thing? Jamie Chadwell, great coach. He is going to finally have that conversation. Good to see who frees back in the SEC. Good to see him back in uh, college football at the top level as well. And he's already made strides. He's a guy. There's coaches who believe in the transfer portal, and there's coaches who do not believe in the transfer portal. And again, Dabo Sweeney, not one of those transfer portal guys. Shane Beamer is. Shane Beamer makes it work. You know what I mean? How hard is it to go into the 7-11, the aisle three, where all the quarterbacks are on the shelf, and you go get the guy you want? There's a TV guy real quick. You know, and it's interesting because it's like you ever go to the grocery store, guys, and you're like, I'm going for one damn thing, and that's it. I'm going to get my thing. I'm getting out. You know, whoever directs the traffic flow, and whoever puts these little stands in certain places, they know how guys think. Ladies, y'all are a lot better at that than we are. I feel like y'all are. You know, maybe not in the shopping area in certain areas, but in the, in the grocery store life, I see them all the time in their phones, and they got their list, and they stick to that list. That's the, that's the Bible. That's the truth. Where it's like, ah, I'm not writing nothing down. I'm just going to go in here. I'm going to get my loaf of bread, and I'm rolling out. I'm going to hold it like a football, and I'm running to the finish line. I'm getting in the end zone, which is register one. I'm scanning it. And I'm hitting a touchdown dance in the parking lot. And before you know it, you're asking somebody, are you using that buggy? Because I didn't realize I was going to have these seven things in my hand. And now all of a sudden, you've got a full-blown operation, and you went on a grocery chase. And then you get home, and you put your bags on the counter. You're like, you felt like you did something. You accomplished some stuff. You got seven bags in front of you. You did a thing today. And you just start like, opening it up. There's some bread. You remember you got that bread? Yeah, well, the bread's here. And some of you guys forget the bread. <laughs> some of you guys forget what you went to go get. But then you go in there and you go pick up this snack and that snack. Oh, I need ice cream. Let me get some ice cream. And I didn't really need soda, but I feel like I deserve soda. I'm grown. Let me go do a grown thing. Get me some soda. And not any protein whatsoever. You might have got a can of something on the side, but you, that, that, that was in there with the lady that gave you the buggy in the first place. So who knows? Anyway. All right, guys. We had to go to break. It is our number three around the corner and we head up to the other side of the upstate this state's kind of a weird deal the way we're laid out played out but uh joe hughes he is with the gasson gazette shelby star formerly with the sun news he covered the grand strand for years he's going to be my guy this year to help me cover up rock hill and all the way down into the grand strand which hits the pd with lawrence 
did not come out victorious last night. Myrtle Beach, ooh, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, did not find a W last night. And I'm telling you what, Camden, I can't wait to hear Joe's conversation because I tell you what, Coach Mickey is one of the best, man. And I tell you, he has had athlete after athlete. But last night, we'll talk about it. It's a lot to get into, guys. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Check us out on Twitter at SO Sports Central. And, yeah, we're hanging out with you over there at Instagram at Southern Sports Central. Guys, quick break. Come back. It is all Joe right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be with the man, Mr. Joe Hughes, right after this, guys. Three claps. We're ready tonight. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. 27 years ago, I sat in this locker room just like you guys on a knee getting ready to play a game. I walked down the locker room. It still smells the same. It takes you back real quick. One of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Let's do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it, but you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. When I feel that you smell that fresh cut grass. Back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys that fall. They didn't let just anybody in that club. Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood. Get the Widow's game day jerseys down the hall. The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall. Well, let's turn and face the stars and stripes. It's fighting back them butterflies. It's calling in the air around here. Yes, sir, we want the ball. And it's knocking heads and talking trash. It's slinging mud. One man, you got a song. 
We would say to young kids, learn to dream. You can accomplish anything you want to. What a wonderful time in your life. I get excited when I see kids playing in the, in, in the backyard or um, at the schoolyard. Uh, the, the advice that I would give uh, a group of seven-year-old, eight-year-olds would be to have dreams. It's okay to work at those dreams, do whatever you can, but just have fun. and. and there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. I just like to see kids when I see, especially the younger kids, and when I see them playing, I just hope they're having fun. Football lessons we learn as kids and all continue to apply through the rest of your life. Life is a team game. It's the big game. Anybody can be a leader, can be excited, and be first in line when things are going great. The test is when you battle through tough times, when things aren't perfect, where do you stand? Because you're not. Make it happen! Go! 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 Wear that with pride one time! You can't be quiet. You can't be unemotional. This is an emotional game. On that day and at the end of your life, you look in the mirror and you know, you know, I gave it all I had and I gave it for a worthy cause. You think about what they're... Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. 
Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three is at a long little break there. Wanted to play that awesome song. It gets you the feeling of Friday Night Lights. I'm Richie Alba. This is Southern Sports Central wrapping up our Saturday morning show. And it is about that time to bring in our third and final guest. And I tell you what, this man does it and does it well and always in style. And he always represents us the way that we, well, need to be. And he's going to help us today cover up what's been happening around, well, not just – that side of the Rock Hill area, we'll cover all the way into Florence, and we'll get into the Grand Strand because there's been some things that's kind of happened. Let's do it right now. Let's bring him in as the one and only. Welcome back to the pack, and that is Joe Hughes coming to us from that western part of the eastern part, excuse me, of the upstate of South Carolina. Joe, welcome back, buddy. I know Friday night has been a busy night for you as it has for all of us. We're just glad to get you back in here on the radio with me, buddy. Man, did anybody else sleep? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure yeah. out what happened to what happened to Myrtle Beach last night. Did you see? We're going to start with that because I know Mickey has gotten – Mickey didn't sleep. I can promise you that's one guy that didn't sleep. Myrtle Beach was blanketed, zeroed. By Camden last night. I don't know. Did you see that box score? Were you able to catch that? I know you've been busy doing a lot of things this morning and last night. To be honest, yeah. Um, it, it, it's more so about what Camden has rather than what Myrtle Beach does not. It's, it's just a bad matchup right now for them. And look, let's just say Camden is, is a state championship contender, and, and they're going to do exactly what they came to do. When you look at that game, though, for me, I just, you know, I know last year I thought it was kind of a rebuilding. This year, they've had quarterbacks. I mean, ever oh, let's go all the way back to Everett Golston days. You remember that. I think you were yeah. over there covering possibly back then at Myrtle Beach with the Sun News. Yeah. But after that, they had, yeah, had Doty. Golston then they had, had this Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a constant flow of, of guys, but I... – it, I think it's, it's a little bit of the fact that the game has evolved a little bit from that, and teams have learned exactly how to defend that. You know, it, the right. game has ebbs and flows, and seven on seven has really has really made some of the air raid offenses have to evolve even more and figure out different ways to create different types of matchups. And right. that might be something that is going on at Myrtle Beach, but hey, that. I have a lot of faith in Mickey, but right now it's a little rough. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's a good call. Now, uh, you know, so Myrtle Beach, they, they get blanked by Camden. What about North Myrtle Beach? We'll stay with that North Myrtle Beach. We'll stay in Horry County for a little while. They 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 played Sockasee in a 6 to nothing loss. Sockasee picks up the win. Great win for the Braves. But the Chiefs, another team that has – Seems the last 10, 12 years, even your days of being on the Grand Strand, they really had put things together. And I know Matt Real has moved on to another school. They've got another coach there. But to lose their opening game, again, that, that's another eyebrow race for me, even though I like it because I'm, a, I'm an alumni of soccer. See, like, see my Braves win a game. I don't care whether it's one or 100 or nothing. A win is a win. But were you surprised by soccer? See, picking up a win last night, they kick off their season. 
I wasn't too surprised at that. I, I figured it was going to be a close, close matchup. Uh, it just feels like certain, with certain programs, with certain movement, and I think it's just kind of the transient nature of high school football, it takes time. It, it really takes time in terms of new coaching staff, getting accustomed to new new players, new systems. And it feels like uh, North Myrtle Beach is going through one of those little transit one of those transitions. Uh, let's see if they uh, if they can kind of build something, kind of like they did a few years back when when they actually made runs at state championships. You know, and when they make it to a state championship final. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. But it, it just feels like in some ways that there is. I'm not going to say uh, I'm not going to say that it's down a little bit, but it just feels like there's some work that needs to be done in terms of getting teams in, in Horry County back to where we believe that they can be uh, in terms of being state championship contenders. Stan, let's go to 501. You got Carolina Forest. Boy, they went big. They go against West Brunswick, the Corrosions. Welcome them in town, but didn't get a uh, uh, didn't get a whole lot of love from uh, Carolina Forest. 49-20 to win there. Carolina Forest, uh, again, that's another team, man, that seems they've been alive. I think they opened their doors in 1998, maybe 99, somewhere in there right after I graduated my days at Sockacy, but uh, are they a team that we're going to need to keep an eye on in that region now because you've seen, you know, some of these other teams fall back a little bit? It's still Sumter's region, man. You know, still, you're still dealing with a lot, a lot of those type of, a lot of those types of teams. Um, Carolina Force is going to continue to be, as long as Mark Morris is there, I'm going to continue, I'm a Mark Morris believer. I believe in what right. he's selling. Uh, it, the problem for them just continues to be that they are, they get to a brick wall, and you have to wonder how long will they continue to hit that brick wall, and he continue to stay stay there and be like, yeah, this is where I want to be at. You know, he wants to compete for state championships. You look at St. James, talking about state championships. I'm not sure if they're going to compete, but boy, they look pretty good in their classic a week ago against I think Ainer. This time it's welcome all. Let's let's put it in relevance. Not knocking the Warriors guys. Hey, look, I like Polly's out of myself, but reality is reality. Uh, you know, welcome all is, is definitely not something. But they still win forty nine <laughs> to nothing, Joe. Right? <laughs> I mean, uh, is is this a team? I mean, again, uh, another new school. About the same time that you saw that other school that we just talked about opening their doors, this one opened up as well. Don't you know, talk a lot of football, these guys. It's kind of a spring sport type of high school, if I'm not mistaken. But this is, uh, at least it's eye-opening, winning 49 to nothing on opening night. Yeah, anytime you can do that, that's good for morale for the kids. But, uh, of course, you're going to find out more about who they are in, in games against Myrtle Beach, against, you know, right. uh, against the Stratfords, against the Ashley Ridges, against the Conways, the Sockeys. That Those are the games you got to win. Those right. you know, you're, you're trying to make uh, you're trying to make headway and make uh, make it to the state playoffs and earn respectability because um, as as we all know uh, we all we love all high school sports we love all of them but all of them don't bring in the same cash flow and if they can get football to become what a lot of those spring sports is, sports are hey we're talking about some big money. Big money Sumter Gamecock took on uh, Crosstown rival Lakewood. Now they got Coach O. I know the the, the new coach over there 
really well. I had a chance to coach with him actually at Oceanside a couple of years ago. Played uh, at University of South Carolina back in the day when I was there. Actually, uh, he was a football guy, I was a baseball guy. But Coach O's going to Willie Offer is going to do big things. Going to have to give him time. But boy, he wanted to find out what he had. He he picked the right the right dog to go fight against because they showed everything that they ever could show. They won fifty three to eight. Not surprised there. Unfortunately for for the for the Gators of Lakewood, but the Gamecocks uh, starting off one and zero. And like you mentioned, it's their region and then everybody else. Yeah, they really opened it up on the uh, in the passing game last night. You know, Merchant went for 14, 20, 14 for 21, 239, three touchdowns. Hey, that's a, that's a good day at the, at the office. The other team in the region that has another new coach, and this is kind of a theme that we got. Every five years, man, it, it, it seems to rotate. It's kind of like uh, leap year, but it's a rotating year. Every five we get new head coaches. Conway has one, but did not come victorious last night. Uh, the region uh, folks took one off the chin yesterday. What's your thoughts on Conway? I mean, when my days are growing up, you know, of course, uh, you know, they had a guy that everybody knows, uh, Coach Chuck over there. He did some incredible things uh, over there, but it seems like, Ever since, uh, even with Coach Terry. Coach Terry is, I think, a great coach. Now he's at Myrtle Beach, by the way, as you know. Uh, but right. now with a new coach over there, what, what's your thoughts on Conway? And I mean, how much has the Carolina Force really hurt this school? And let's not forget the conversation. They just got basically a gray slash Oceanside school who's got Coach Rivens, a former offensive lineman from the Gamecocks, who spent multiple times and a few good years at Oceanside. Now he's the new head football coach over there at this new charter school up in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, it's, I think that's a that's a greater discussion for statewide, you know. It feels like all four corners of the state have that particular area where the, where the publics are getting sucked in by the privates. I'm not going I I have conflicting views and I constantly babble, babble about it in terms of that. And, sure. But you can't you cannot sit here and say that it, some uh, they haven't had a detrimental effect on the public. You just can't. But again, we, it, I'm also a choice person. You're going to do what you're going to do for your child, even if it's not popular, regardless of what somebody else what somebody else thinks. And these parents have have chosen to to go the charter school route, and it's it's helped. But uh, it's it's a constantly evolving discussion and. Uh, one that's not going away anytime soon. Let, let me ask you this before we begin. Uh, we will we'll talk quickly about the Hartsville hammering out the Tigers of Conway, 55-7, by the way, uh, 4A taking it to 5A. And that happened a lot last night, by the way. There was a lot of 4A teams upsetting some 5A teams. And for you guys who don't know, oh, I, I, uh, that's I like one. a little brother beating one. down a little <laughs> Which one did I, I you have? have? I, have probably, I have probably the bigger upset for everybody around the state, though. Because uh, we all know Gaffney talks. Uh, Gaffney came up to uh, Boiling Springs, North Carolina, and played a whale of a game last night. Uh, Crest, Crest won forty-four to thirty-eight. Uh, they Gaffney just had didn't have an answer for Tater Husky. Did a, uh, he went twenty-one for thirty for almost four hundred yards, and he then he rushed for almost ninety. So. Uh, he really controlled. He really controlled the football game and had uh, Gaffney on, the Gaffney defense on his heels all night. But as you see, thirty-eight points is not too bad itself. And Gaffney was going up and down the field with him. Yeah, I can only imagine that game. I was listening to some of the people talk about that game last night, and I thought to myself, "Wow, Gaffney losing opening one 
uh, or week zero. I wish they would just call it week one and we could push the other game back to the next week. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, that one was a big one. Um, but the other game, and, and we can kind of stay in your area a little bit there, uh, as far as the Spartanburg area, it, it's Spartanburg. Got knocked out by South Point last night, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, 16 to 14. That's another – is that an upset or is it not an upset? Because let's be honest, that's, that's no, South Point. No, There's the dogs. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely not an upset. That was, if you look at that game, you would have thought that, hey, they, they're going to play each other close. Historically, right. they play each other close. They have the same type caliber athletes. They're they're always going to be big. They're always going to be fast, and they're always going to hit hard. And uh, these are the type of games that you want early in your schedule. You want measuring stick games. This right. this type of game is the type of game that you want. So, hey, this is the best that one of the best South Carolina has to offer. Let's see how we measure up. Um, the fact that you lose sixteen to fourteen, okay, we got things to work on, but it's week it's week zero, which would she be week one, you know? But right, it's no no time to it's no time to panic. There's no time for Gaffney to panic. There's no time for Spartanburg to panic. It's time to get back to work. All your goals are still right there in front of you. And let's be honest, you lose every game in non region, but yet you win every game in the region. You still get to be a number one seed. I mean. It's kind of a preseason yeah. within a season for me. That's how I look at these games. I mean, it's kind of you're playing right. for the for that second half of the season, which, of course, is when you get into region play, right? Correct. And uh, it's one of the things that I kind of bad about in, in terms of North Carolina. North Carolina has seven, eight, nine, ten, ten team leagues, whereas in mm-hmm. South Carolina you have four or five team leagues where you're able to – Kind of figure things out early on. In North Carolina, you can't. You you jump right in and you're you're in the mix. So um, it, it really it, you really have to look at the the season differently because uh, get preseason. You get a preseason, then you got the the actual season, and then you got the playoffs. Three different segments. Go back. And I agree with you 100%. I tell guys all the time, look, you can win every game. Matter of fact, I watched Goose Creek last year struggle. But they got to the play. They got to the region. And that's where they went big. On the other side, West Ashley, West Ashley won every game. Got to the region and went the other direction. So, again, it, it, that's, that's a, always an interesting conversation. Now, West Lawrence, these guys, I kind of, I, for some reason, I kind of think that this could have been a good year for them. It still could be, no doubt. I just – Maybe them having that 10th-ranked preseason ranking. And, again, guys, I'm not a great preseason ranking guy. It just gives guys like me and Joe something to talk about, and you guys to talk about it at your jobs or around your circle. But they were taken down 17-7 to against the Lexington, who back in the day in the 90s, Lexington had some not only baseball, but they were football heavy too. And any surprise there with West Florence? I mean, I know South Florence is kind of the big dog in the yard over there, and well-deservedly. But I kind of feel like West Florence may make a little noise in that region as well. Man, it it really just proves uh, it's a year-to-year deal. Every team is not the same. You might have the same a lot of the same cast and characters coming back, but it does not mean right. that the same vibe is there. It's not the same locker room. It's not uh, you're not going to get the same luck in terms of injuries and things like that. Unfortunately, so we all know Coach Jenneret. You know, so we know he's going to have his guys ready and ready and prepared each week and ready to hit. So I think that they're going to be a team that really gets better as the season gets along. But, hey, you're taking on a 5-18 that 
is going to is going to compete in the region that they're in. So you take you take your lumps, you move on, you get ready for week week one, week two, whatever you want to call it. Now on the other side of town, there's a school called South Lawrence. They bring the Bruins, they bring a trophy with them, the four A state championship. Now Lenoris is no longer there, but evidently that didn't matter because Jason Weinstead brought the Gators up there of Goose Creek and were handled fifty four fourteen. And uh, again, uh, you look at this, you look at this roster, you look at the schedule, you look at the body of work, you look at the weight facilities, facilities overall for for South Lawrence has stepped up. Even their media is even stepped up in the last two or three years. It's impressive. It's just a full-blown athletic operation, and I, I, I applaud my, my, my hand and tip my cap to the athletic director over there. But when you look at South Florence, man, is this kind of – it's them and then everybody else. Uh, do you like them in the lower set? I guess that's kind of my answer as far as maybe defending their title. It's time will have to tell, but shoot, they look, they look mighty impressive last night. <laughs> When you look around the rest of the state, as we're here hanging out with uh, Joe Hughes, of course, Joe does a great job on any application he puts his hands on. But, of course, he works for the Gaston Gazette and the Shelby Star covering North and South Carolina right there on that great border. Uh, what, what are some of the things that kind of came out to you? Now, I know today, by the way, I know there's that other game that we will talk about, and that is Northwestern taking on Chad Greer's boys of Providence and Day. And then Hughes, Huff, excuse me, Huff has taken on uh, – they got their big game today mm-hmm. as well. What what is your thoughts there when you when you look at these two big matchups with Northwestern and Providence Day? You got Burns and Huff. What is your likes and dislikes in these two matchups? Because again, it's four heavyweights, and somebody's got to win and lose. Yeah, it's going to come down to stars. Jaden Davis is going to uh, do what he does with Providence Day and really test the test the Northwestern defense right out the gate. Whereas the young guy Turbo Richard is going to uh, test that, the interior of that uh, Providence Day line, you know. So uh, the stars are going to be out for that one. But I'm really intrigued by the the Burns Huff game. Both of these teams are really have really felt like they were on the brink of something big, and really haven't uh, fulfilled those prom- those those dreams yet. But you also have they're just so uberly talented and just so fast and physical that. It has the it has the chance to be a very physical game, but I wonder if Burns' speed is going to win out against that Huff defense, right. uh, which is which has always been legendarily tough to, a tough crack a riddle to crack. But um, and then you also have as we we saw what happened last night in Region uh, Region Two Five A. You had four teams lose. What is Burns thinking? Is Burns thinking, hey, we got a shot to really send a message to some people today? What 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 can we show? How can we show? Put the state on notice. That's what I'm looking forward to. And you know, for me, I saw them in the preseason, and, and I know the high school report, and then the media poll. We, we got that out there, and Burns is in the top five in in, in both of these things. And and when I first saw him with yeah. the high school report. I, I, it shocked me, and then I researched a little bit before, of course, everybody placing their vote for the media poll, and, and, and it's almost like a no-brainer. This could be almost the energy of the Willie Corn, Marcus Lattimore type days because they seem to have a lot of guys, not just that one or two, but definitely have at least competitive guys. Maybe since I wouldn't say it would be as good as Joe, but at least uh, I was about to the say, best we've seen. Maybe that, that was 
Oh, that's a. I was about to say that's a whole different <laughs> monster right there. That's a. I, those, I, well, I don't those think that could ever be duplicated. First of all, I, uh, no, never. Yeah, <laughs> I, never. Those days are long gone. Like, if, if Dutch Fork was doing what Burns did back then and running off five straight state titles and just a just run of just sustained excellence, I think it would probably been bigger then. In, in part because of how things rolled. Things things gained legendary status because of the fact that there wasn't as much as many outlets around, you know. So you you kind of built that you built they built things into lore. Meanwhile, I, right now I don't think we kind of appreciate everything that's going on with Dutch Fork because of the fact that we we're we're constantly on the on the move to the next thing, you know. Right. Uh, it, we. Those are those were some great great teams, you know. It was a big deal for Gaffney to to beat them twice in the season and and keep them from getting a fifth state championship, you know. It was, and I'm not going to say it wasn't special for Gaffney to do that to Dutch Fork a few years ago, but it just felt totally different. Right. Let me ask you this: I had uh, somebody earlier with us in hour number one. We were talking about the likes. We talk about Dutch Fork. We can talk about Gaffney. We can talk about even the days back when Somerville was around and doing their things, and Coach McKissick was running up and down. Irma, you know, they've had their heydays, you know, with all of these teams. But Abbeville is a team that is constantly being consistently really, really good. And I get it. I understand the two-way football. But how would an Abbeville, in your mindset, how would they do if they scheduled non-conference games, right, and they went 4-5-8? and five Or let's just say they just said, you know what, we got four games. We're going to go get go give me Dutch Fork. Give me Gaffney. Give me. Mm-mm. Let's see who else we're gonna put in here. I mean, basically, you, you could pick the schedule as far as I'm concerned. But give me those teams that we know, that we know, and give me Burns. So give me Burns. Give me Gaffney. Give me Dutch Fork. And then you could pick the, the the fourth game. They're all five A games. How would uh, Abbeville do a team like that? It, it's conditional to me because uh, you got to ask how how often do will these teams see a Abbeville every year. How often right. will they see that type of offense? Uh, if it's something that they see, you know, once every every contract cycle, everyone's going to knock off somebody, somebody, two or three opponents. Uh, but right. because of the fact that they they run what they run so well, and it's going to take that other team so uh, quite a while to figure out what they do, and the fact that Abbeville is able to match up with just about anybody on. They, they defensively, they have the big bodies. They have the versatile skill guys, uh, guys that actually can def- defend the back end too. But right. if, if if it's something that they see annually, and it, they're in the same conference, and you know, and they're having to take on these guys that have figured them out and actually have more manpower, I don't know. It's 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 one of those grand questions that we always have every single year about these teams. It's good. Well, there are a lot like Dylan. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, look and see what Dylan's done, right? Coach Roland, maybe not as I – mean, I mean, when I say that, historically, Dylan and Coach Roland, of course, have taken over for Jackie Hayes, and he's done a great job maintaining. You know, I'll never forget the days of staying the man, God rest his soul. Uh, still, to me, one of the best running backs that, that we've ever had that never played at the next level that would have been, I thought, great at the next level. Um, but Dylan's kind of like that to some degree. Now, Abbeville, I just know Abbeville, they travel well. They talk trash well. Uh, they show up and play well. 
and, and they kind of have a standard. And it's like, well, we don't want to say championship. We just wasted three or four months of our life instead of going, well, you know what? We did all right. It's never all right unless you win the trophy and bring it home in Abbeville. That's just the way that the mindset that they give me on any one of their pages that they have or when they call in here, the passion that they have is like they are traditionally town shut down, everybody in the stadium, meet you guys at 6 in the parking lot, we'll walk in about 7.15. That, that's, what, that's what makes town, towns like Dillon, they're small. But then even towns like Gaffney, which, are, which is 5A, it makes it seem like it's a huge metropolis. But, no, Gaffney's a small, basically a small town with a huge football heart. So right. those are the type of towns that you feel are going – you know you're going to get a good football game, and they're always going to be good. At, mm-hmm. And they're always going to have talent. So, Hanging out with Joe Hughes. He is with the Gaston Gazette, Shelby Star, formerly with the Sun News, covered and uh, did his thing with the Grand Strand to the PD. He stretches out his talents across the uh, upstate to the lower state and here with us on Southern Sports Central. Joe, now did you – I think was Gaffney, is that your alumni? No, I'm a Ridgeview alumni. Now, man. What, I, it, it's it's, it's just funny because I'm shoot. I was always <laughs> I spent eight years there, so uh, I, you kind of absorb absorb the culture after a while. Let's talk about your alumni then. For some reason, and I don't know why, forever because you do such a you, you've always really done a good job, and you, like I said, you covered that school for so long. Ridgeview picked a big win up last night, and it's kind of a comeback season, kind of putting people on notice after what happened to them last year after them being X out of the playoffs, which I thought was very unjustified. However, especially when we're picking and choosing how we want to slap people on certain wrists around here. But nevertheless, this is kind of like a, you know what, I got you. Now, of course, they have an alumni. I'm sure you know this guy very well that's taken this team and since Perry Parks has uh, gone into the college ranks. But they look good last night, man, and I feel like they've got some uh, some pretty good guys around them that they could have a pretty good year. What's your thoughts on your alumni? I'm always going to speak glowingly about my alma mater, man. <laughs> I'm always going to do that. Last night was personal. Last night was personal. That's all I'm going to say about that. Last night was personal. You feel pretty good about this hey, guy, hey, though. Hey, I mean, hey, again, hey. I know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This family, man. Uh, Coach Howard, you know, uh, his his uh, in-laws and, uh, and, and my family go way back. So it's like we've always been kind of. I'm kind of watching things that watching things develop, and I was, I was ecstatic when he got the job. hated hated what happened last year. Whatever happened, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it because I'm not trying to get sued. But uh, yeah, it's it was one of those deals where something was taken from you. The kids the kids felt a certain way. Hey, we gotta we gotta go out here and prove every every game is gonna be personal for those guys, and I'm I'm excited to see exactly what comes of it. Right. I'm sure newspaper articles posted on walls and things like that and conversations continue to be had. And you know what? This is our year. This is our way, and we're going to do it the way we do it. Now, I remember, again, Coach Howard, one of our favorites here on the show, he spent some time at Wilson before he came back home to Ridgeview, and we are big fans here. We will support him and his uh, boys over there because, again, when uh, prior to Coach Perry Parks was there, right? And uh, he always welcomed us back home. They, they got the jerseys, brother. They got the Nike Jumpman jerseys. We still – uh, looking for some swag to come this way, too, because uh, I know during COVID we were looking for uh, a couple of things. And the one thing we do want to do, and maybe we can work it out with you, Joe, where I can come up there and watch a game and you kind of give me the look around uh, the campus there because I know it's a very impressive um, uh, facilities. I mean, they've got everything you can imagine up there in Columbia, right? 
Yeah, let's just say it's not what I what I uh, came what was there when I came through. <laughs> That's the hardest thing for me. I go back to talk to you, I look around, I'm like, man, what is it? Well, wait, it is now again, 1997, a little time ago for me. Um, but you look at it. A couple of topics I want to get to you before I get you back to the family. And again, thanks to the, the, the other half for letting you get in here, the better half for letting us hang out with us tonight. And of course, the girls as well. And we're wrapping it up, hanging out here with uh, Joe Hughes with the Gadsden Gazette and Shelby Starr on Southern Sports Central Saturday Morning Edition. We've been talking a lot about the South Carolina High School League, Joe, and I know these topics are probably pretty close to your heart. One is this guy going here and that guy going there, but he don't live here. He lives there, but how does he get there? We don't know, but he knows he's there, and he's not supposed to be there. Now, can we just wipe all this thing out and open up the lines? I know there's a lot of conversation to be like Florida, and that is open, basically, open season. If you want to go there, you go there, but you got to drive your car. you got to have perfect attendance. You got to have the discipline, right? And you got to have grades. If you hit those four qualities, man, I don't care. Go to South Florence, go to West Florence, go to Beaufort, go to anywhere you want to go. Go to Dutch Fork, even if you live in Wahala, South Carolina. What is your thoughts, and how do we handle this problem without doing what we need to do to kind of get this thing to kind of go away with kids got to go into their zone and staying in that lane? <laughs> Uh, that's my uh, a good hearty chuckle is probably going to be the best answer I could give you on that man because uh, I don't yeah it, it has more to do with a willingness to change the system uh, and I think a, a big thing is the confusion as for in terms of what the system actually is so um, thank, figuring figuring those things out and then figuring out a way to come to the to the table to figure out and hammer out the details. The devil's in the details, and honestly, I, whenever these things come up, I'm, I'm like, I'm always wondering, hey, did they see exactly the fine print? <laughs> Probably not, because half the time we sign our lives away and don't even know we signed them away. So it's the devil's in the details in those situations, but it's I don't see it changing anytime soon, at least not in the high school league. Right. But, but in terms, as I said, in terms of in terms of the charter school situation, they've already made that that abundantly clear. And so that's a good segue is, for is, for us because look at that way though. And I put in our our poll question, and we had over a thousand votes on this thing in twenty four hours. Joe, it's very impressive the amount of numbers, and I knew it would be because once coaches get involved and start retweeting and sharing and commenting you're going to get a lot more attention and traction. You and I have learned how this thing called social media works. And I would say 60% wanted them to be in their own league. But, Joe, is that really the right – is that a good idea? Because they would be skeezed on steroids in the state. Basically, they would be in every county, not just in the four parts of the state, in every county and literally can go meet your guy at, at the local restaurant and do whatever they need to do to get him to come to that school. And it's not even going to cause a problem because – well, they're not breaking any rules. As of now, at least you can monitor, and I chuckle with you on that too, uh, and keep them to where they need to be at. Because, again, you know, we often go through other people's rosters and be like, wait a minute, okay, I'll just leave that there. But is that the right answer? Is that is it the right answer to put them in their own in, in their own conference? Would you, would you think that would solve some of these questions and conversations? It's one of those things of be careful what you wish for. Uh, right. At least, at least right now, you're able to. They're beating you. They're beating you at a lot of sports. They're beating you at a lot of things. But 
if if you let them leave, they can defeat you in a, in a bigger in a bigger arena, and that's the access to kids and players and personnel. And they have, and of course, they've shown that they have ample resources to make that happen. You imagine, Joe. Okay, here, here. Let me put it in perspective. All right. I just took over this new school in Dorchester County, and I vowed to everybody in Dorchester County. Y'all remember the day when Coach McKissick was here, and there was no Ashley Ridge, and there was no Fort Dorchester. Well, that's what we're about to have. Okay, because I'm going to go and get every dog, every man, everybody I can go get. And I'm going to go recruit some coaches that have played in the league, that have played college. And we're, it's going to be the – I. and here's the thing. Some of the charter schools, when I used to use the word IMG, they would inbox me and say, please don't refer us to an IMG. Why not? That's exactly what you are. You're just the South Carolina version of an IMG. Not as, maybe not as strong and maybe not as completely direct, but that's what it is. Could you imagine? I call you and I say, Joe. So where would you put them, though, as far as that goes? Because for me, and again, this is where we learn here, right, even our listeners. Where would you put this charter school comparatively? They're better than a skeezy program, right? To be honest, uh, multipliers, uh, multipliers is probably the best, the best situation for everybody. Uh, right. But the question is whether they have a certain willingness to – Adopt those same multipliers, and whether they feel that there's fairness there, and whether, and also the willingness to go through litigation. Now, when you use the word multiplier for our listeners, Joe, give us give us a breakdown. How does the multiplier work per school, and, and how does this? Because you hear that all the time, and there's a lot of people listening who don't understand when they always say multiplier. What do they mean? So, for the for the mom out here, or maybe the dad who doesn't really di- completely digest and understand what it means, but what, it, what, what entails the multiplier for these schools? Uh, basically, multiplier is if, if you are with these schools, they are able to – we are, Isabel. We are. <laughs> my, my oldest daughter was in there wanting to have conversations. Uh, wonder where are we going? When are we leaving? <laughs> Well, we won't keep you much longer. Tell us, but we're in there to get yeah, you guys back show. and running here. Yeah, huge chauffeur service. Extra service. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> multipliers are basically um, because of the fact that these private schools are able to cap their cap their attendance. They're able to keep themselves at certain levels based on, just off their finances. Whereas you have you have these schools out here, for better or worse, whether it be the fact that they don't have, you know, a great pool of uh, of talent that's coming through in terms of attendance, or you have certain ones that just have a a huge amount, they have no they have no ways of capping that. So, based off of certain parameters, like in North Carolina, they use certain parameters. Like Charlotte Catholic is a parochial school, but they're playing for a ball now. Part of part of the reason for their multiplier, in terms of their atten- their attendance, in terms of uh, where they should be playing or where they are playing, don't necessarily match up. But it has to do with their success. It has to do with uh, some other factors that I can't really get into at the moment because I don't have it right in right. front of me. But you'd, you'd be using those certain standards and those certain uh, parameters 
to slot those certain schools into certain uh, classifications as they be. For as I said, Charlotte Catholic was a played three eight ball uh, as as late as I think 2021. They had just rattled off four straight state championships and was they they basically closed the the door off on on competition for virtually anybody else. I had a few schools in my area that ran smack dab into them. They had pretty darn good teams, but they just couldn't beat them. Well, after that championship, once reclassification came up, they graduated up. Is that something that should be used in in, in South Carolina? I don't know. Again, it's about willingness to change. South Carolinians are stubborn in that regard. The biggest question, final question, I'm going to get you back to the fam. And, again, thank you so much as we're wrapping it up here with uh, Joe Hughes with the Gaston Gazette, Shelby Star. And, of course, he did a lot of time in a lot of different areas around the state, the one that we know him as over at the Sun News on the Grand Strand. But, Joe, the one change that I would like to happen, and, again, I, I don't have any problem with the commissioner. I, I think he does what he can do, and, and, again, he's always open to come on our show, and we appreciate him. But I feel – that this should be a term position at any level. I think this should be a term position, two-term at the longest, right? Give him two, four years if that's when he gets voted in, and then step it up even more. I think the South Carolina high school coaches should be on the board of voting for whoever is going to be in that position, not voted within the 11 or 12 inside the South Carolina high school league. It should be out by their peers, the guys who are out here. Kind of like we vote on our president. Well, the coaches should be able to vote on that president. But I think two terms is plenty of time so that we're not where we are and that is stale and stagnant, not growing and not willing to change because the one thing you have to have is change to continue to get better, man. What is your thoughts about not letting it be a position that just really never turns a lot of corners unless the guy retires? I have mixed feelings on that because uh, when you we bring in it change, sometimes change is violent. And it can change change from one ideal to the next, and it really alters the ultra significant courses. In high school sports, you have to be delicate with that. It's, it's part of the reason why the NIL discussion is so it's it's so batted about because they want to get it right. A lot of a lot of states that are doing it, and, and they want to make it that way. Excuse you, is you okay? But yeah, uh, they want. It's one of those discussions that you want to get right. And you, if you if you change the terms in that regard, and change to some to somebody else in terms of courses, I wonder if you're going to end up with somebody that ends up just like the you know meet the new ball, same as the old ball situation, or you might end up with somebody that just totally takes the the organization off course and. Are they willing to endanger that? I don't know. I don't think so. But we also have to look right. at the the influence of the of the general assembly in that regard too. The general assemblies and the uh, state legislatures they they have a lot more sway in in high school sports than we like to think about. Right. Maybe they should have somebody delegate, or do they, Joe? And, and again, this be the final thing. I'll get you to the to the girls back, man. Again, thank you for your time. Maybe there should be somebody delegated to that to, to that cause. Maybe that and, and is there somebody? I mean, is there somebody in in that political realm in that room that we that that we report? They, he reports to that one person. I guess again, I just feel like we're 
we're hands tied to getting better, to getting to another level. I mean, Georgia's doing certain things that I feel like we should be doing. Georgia, of course, has their spring games where they play against other high schools. North Carolina, they have their things. Now, we did realize after talking to you yesterday that NIDL has not been passed yet in North Carolina, but it hasn't passed in Georgia, not in Florida, definitely not in our state. I don't know. We'd probably be the last state to get it for the high school kids, and I'm kind of like you maybe where I don't know if it's a great idea, but the question is what do we do? How do they get things moving to where we're, we're changing a little bit? Because I feel like we're doing the same thing that we did in 1980 in our high schools as far as athletics are concerned. I think things have changed, but, it, again, the lifeblood of high school sports hasn't changed. Uh, you, uh, the, as, as the, the biggest part is disability has changed. Right. And the business of it all pretty much remains the same. So you just want to make sure that you, you run the delicate balance and make sure that you're doing the right thing. Because in the end, if you, if you screw up, it's not, you're not screwing up, you know, a business. You screw, you're potentially screwing up something that you depend on to get through a certain portion of life. You know, the, in the end, we're talking about life lessons here, you know, and right. you, you want to you don't want to upset that delicate balance. Well, the time will only tell, Joe. As we appreciate everything that you do, buddy. I know you get a lot of time, and you don't get as much this time of year with the little ones, man. So I'll let you get back to it, brother. Always appreciate you, man. Uh, quick way to find you, how to follow you for our guys around the Grand Strand that miss you, man. I know they want to reach out to you, so. Uh, all the way to the update up there, what you do, uh, what's the best way to catch you and find you on a Friday night? Of course, I'm on the X machine. I hate the fact that it's not Twitter anymore, but it's called the X machine, so that's what we, I guess we got to call it. But uh, Joel Hughes II, basically my name on on that. Uh, also, you can find any of my work at GastonGazette.ShelbyStar.com. Uh, doing, a, doing a lot of things in the borderlands, man. A lot of good football being played and a lot of a lot of talent. So uh, I really wish that there was more more collaboration between South Carolina and North Carolina in, in terms of, you know, competition and talent because there's a lot of good talent to, to showcase, and the opportunity to showcase it is there. We just got to take, uh, take the bull by the horns and do it. Well, hopefully today is a good day because we will see Northwestern and Providence Day. We'll see Huff and Burns. Both of those games are played, I believe, at Bank of America Stadium. Is that right? Uh, Northwestern, Northwestern, and Providence Day is being played at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, okay. I believe, I believe Huff and Burns is part of a a uh, a multi-game deal with Turf Kings. Our guy Jabril Fuel with a, a legendary guy in the Rock Hill area. Uh, he's actually heading that up, and I think that is at the American Legion Stadium in Charlotte. Gotcha, gotcha. Either way, it's going to be two great games, four amazing teams, and a conversation we'll have next week. Joe, always, man, appreciate you, man. Have a great weekend. What's left of it? Enjoy the week. And uh, I'm going to try to get you back in here next week to recap another week of high school football, buddy. I appreciate you. Indeed, man. Hopefully I've got more than two hours of sleep this time. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll be good. Hey, man. You can tell it's football season for sure, buddy. God bless. Take care. We'll see you soon, bud. Yes, sir.
All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Joe Hughes the third. He comes in here and hangs out with us. A beautiful Saturday conversation. It's been a good show, guys. I mean, again, we've covered the entire state with three different individuals. We started with Jarrell Hendricks with Moving the Chains at 10 o'clock. He hung out with us. We talked about teams in the Midlands, worked our way up I-26. And that, of course, uh, got us in the Greenville area. We, we tried to get as many games in as we could with him. Then we came back down, back home. We came here to the Low Country, and we got in with Kevin Billadu with Live Five Sports. Talked about all the teams here around the Tri-County area: Charleston, Berkeley, Dorchester County. We also talked a little bit about Beaufort County, and then of course, uh, just wrapping it up there, uh, Joe Hughes. We started over there on the Grand Strand and hit 501 into, of course, uh, the PD. Keep working our way through until we hit I-77. That took us into that Rock Hill area. We talked a little North Carolina conversation as well. Uh, as uh, He's right, guys. There is so much. And that's why I like the Shrine Bowl. That's why it's basically like the Rose Bowl to me in high school because it puts two great states against each other. And let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. It's a nice automatic robbery because who doesn't want to beat the state next to them? I mean, and I'm sure the guys in Augusta and North Augusta feel the same way and anybody else. They can jump over to that Tennessee area, whatever it is. You like to know that you kind of dominated that other side of the border, right? Border wars, inner city wars, it's what makes robberies robberies. It's what makes the game that we call college football, high school football, high school college sports the great sport that it is. I mean, the one thing that I like about watching, you see the Fort Orchester and the, uh, and, and the Somerville, for those who are here in the low country. It's it, it's crazy because a lot of these guys went to middle school together. And then as they go off to high school, they have to go to their respective school, which is in a different area than their buddy that was at the same middle school with them for three years. And then they're slapping pads against them dudes on a Friday night. Kind of like Lakeland, I would imagine, and Sumter, Lakeland and Sumter. I'm sure that's kind of a similar role there. Uh, could be possibility. I don't know the, the, the numbers, but you got St. James and Sockerseys like that. Uh, Carolina Forest and soccer seats probably like that a little bit. Possibly. I, again, I haven't seen the lines being drawn. But, uh, again, I do want to thank Jarrell Hendricks for moving the chains. Guys, if you're not following him, please follow those guys. I am a huge advocate, and anybody that does it and does it the right way, those three guys really have done a good job of getting a foundation put in place and educating, entertaining those who listen to them. All right? They do their homework. They travel. Man, do they travel. Holy moly. I mean, these guys live up in the Greenville area and were hanging out in Columbia Gray last night to kick off their travel season. And these guys don't get paid by the mile. These guys have other jobs. I'm sure most of these guys do. So they take time away from their families, and they really embrace what they have put together in high school sports. And, again, there's so much talent in this state, and I'm a proud supporter of high school athletics in this state. Played in the same league did the same things, uh, was able to play college ball a little bit there, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a career. It's a job. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. The chase to get in there was just as fun. You know, anytime you meet Mr. Billy, who, uh, again, with the South Carolina High School Report, Billy Baker, I uh, saw him last night over at the showdown. I made my way there on my way back towards the house, and uh, they were wrapping up the Somerville-Fort Dorchester scrimmage there. I uh, – I had a chance to talk to Mr. Billy. He walked up to me and, and, and always good to talk to a guy. And Billy will always remember you. you know, Billy did an article on me in 1997 and did one on me in 96 as well. But the one he did for preseason 
in 97, I thought was pretty awesome. Still have it saved up in my house, in my mom and dad's house. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that remembers everybody and everything. He's been around a long time. There's these pioneers, the Phil Corn Blues of, uh, of our industry. You know, the David Shelton, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, him earlier. Even here in Charleston, you guys are sports guys. You know Bobby Harden. Bobby Harden does a great job. He's been around a long, long time. Uh, very passionate about his teams. I can tell you that he is a Cowboys fan. He is a Braves fan and a Gamecock fan. But he's very open uh, to talk about all the plans and all the fans and, and things like that. But I do want to thank uh, coaches in advance for allowing Southern Sports Central to be a part of their Friday nights. Uh, Coach uh, Danny McDaniels last night got a chance to catch up with him off the camera. And always a good time to catch up with these guys. We build these relationships with these coaches, and, and when they move and go to another place or whatever happens, uh, it's always hard for us as well because we get to know them and their families. Denny's one of those guys who played at Stratford. Now he coaches Stratford. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. I, I know they didn't win the game, and that was our game of the week last night, but I can tell you that the future is bright. If the kids can buy in on what he's trying to do, clean up some of the things that happened against week zero. The turf was extremely wet. It's grass, so I love that part of it. Um, but it's all about maintaining and adjusting and getting better. Every play, every play, every play. And I thought last night, um, you know, I was impressed with a lot of things I saw in Stratford. And then Coach uh, McCoy. You know, Coach McCoy, we'll see next week. They do have stall. They come to James Island. Stall does. And Coach McCoy will look uh, to knock out another 5A giant. I mean, you, you can't – you got to schedule this, the, the non-conferences. And when these guys that are doing that, you know, uh, and they're winning these games, I think that uh, kind of tells the story as well. Somerville – uh, we'll head to Carolina Force next week. That one will be an interesting conversation. Carolina Force wins their game last night. I know a lot of eyes will be up there on the Grand Strand. We'll definitely keep an eye on it. Maybe Ian Gurren, who uh, has done an amazing job on the Grand Strand, he may be at that game as well. Uh, so we'll try to follow his lead with that. Guys, it's been a good one. It's been an entertaining one. But that about do it for us here today as we are looking forward to uh, – the weekend in advance. If you're looking for something to do or want to support the youth, you're in the low country, head over to Fort Dorchester High School. Today, it is the South Carolina Youth Football Association Jamboree. So all the way from, I believe, the 6th youth all the way up, playing their games today over there at the fort. You can see, of course, uh, I know for sure, Somerville, Ashley Ridge, Fort Dorchester, Woodland. A few other good programs are running up and down the sidelines over there, guys. Again, I want to thank everybody for checking us out today. Don't forget, we'll be back live right here. We'll be live right here next Saturday from 10 to 1. We'll bring in some more guests. We'll have some more recaps. Everybody will be suiting it up by this time next week, so it'll be a full-fledged operation, and we will get you caught up and covered up, and we'll be taking it with a lot of beat writers from around the state, guys. Follow us on Twitter, at SO Sports Central. We're going to be going doing some live chat rooms here on Sunday night. You want to check us out there. We'll be doing two or three during the week. We'd love to have you join us for that conversation as well. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on the gram at Southern Sports Central. Until next Saturday, guys, enjoy the weekend. Get ready for the week, and we'll see you again a week from today, guys. Take care. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it.